are listening to Fanholes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Kitty Park makes you feel he's a cool exec with a brand new deal. As Spider-Man, he will amaze his spider-mobiles good with getaways. Amazing web with that Spider-Man. Web cartridge hardware that Spider-Man. Hey folks, and welcome back to Fan Holes. This is Mike. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about... Uh, the current state of Spider-Man in comic books, basically, and I guess I guess this is sort of a little bit of a tie-in to uh, Spider-Man appearing in Civil War, uh, the Marvel movie that will probably be out by the time this episode is released, um, or or very close to, and in and around this episode's release. So you know, we figured we'd check in on Spider-Man, and I know Justin was like keen on you know talking about current events in Spider-Man comics, and not only will we, we be talking about events in the core title, you know, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, we will be talking about the myriad like Spider-Man related tie-in and spin-off like comics, and you know, there's there's got to be like three or four different like Spider women running around at this point. So you know, we will touch upon all of them, all of them, and uh, you know, in ancillary, ancillary, it's I can't even say it, ancillary, bad side characters, like you know, Venom. <laughs> Whoever else, yeah. Ancillary yeah. characters. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. You, yeah, that's why you're around here, Derek. Like, despite you know having a sore throat, you're useful for stuff like that. So, yeah. But uh, I, I guess I gave it away. But why don't you guys say hi? Hey, what's up? This is Derek. Derek WC. I haven't read most of this stuff, so I'm going to be also filling in for Tony this week. And I was busy waiting in line so I could get photos with funky flashman and captain kirk so that's that's my excuse so thanks i said who i was right i'm derek <laughs> oh uh this is justin <laughs> awesome awesome i don't know what i was waiting for i was like um see i usually wait for tony i guess that's what i was thinking it's okay oh that's my bad then i should have been filming in for tony i should have also said something else i don't know Something witty and exquisite about titty discs. On the roof! Hey, everyone. Okay, so, Amazing Spider-Man. Um, basically, you know, since uh, Secret Wars has ended, the new status quo for Peter Parker is, instead of horribly, as, as most of us probably expected, you know, the Parker Industries horribly failing and, like, burning to the ground and that never being mentioned again. 
Dan Slott has decided to go in a different direction with Amazing Spider-Man and uh, has uh, Peter Parker, now the head of Parker Industries, um, uh, he's doing like a sort of Tony Stark like junior like riff I guess I guess now and he's he's actually the the company is ca- actually pretty successful now and possibly even more successful than it was under like you know Doctor Octopus uh, and I, I guess people like fans have been kind of like nicknaming this like Spider Man Incorporated or something because it's got many like similar elements to like Batman Incorporated where you know Spider Man's kind of gone global. Uh, he's got, like, agents all over the world and stuff, and, you know, he's he's kind of selling the Spider-Man brand, like, across the globe. And, uh, accordingly, dealing with more, like, international threats and stuff like that. So, I guess, like, uh, I'll just start off by, like, we're going to, obviously, spoilers. So we're going to talk about, you know, pretty much up to current. And uh, I guess I'll, I'll well, lead off by we, saying... Should we say what is current? Because isn't the most current issue, like... Amazing number nine or something. Yeah, just the, I think okay. it's about nine or ten. Okay. Yeah, now so as of this recording, so who knows what'll happen. So yeah, uh, if you haven't if you haven't read there. that like me, it's gonna be spoiled. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I guess I'll start off by saying like I will give like Dan Slott props for going in this direction because it, it I thought like honestly like I think the last volume of like Amazing like that ended right as like Secret Wars you know ended or the I don't I don't think it even lasted too long because it, it was like the volume of Amazing that was like right after Superior and then it went for like a certain amount of issues and then it ended again and then Secret Wars happened and then they they restarted it again at number one. And, like, at the end of that last volume, like, Parker Industries, like, like I said, almost, like, burned to the ground and stuff. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's the end of that. And, uh, like, when this new volume opens up, it's, like, more successful than ever. Because I guess thanks to that, like, you know, post-Secret Wars giant time, like, skip or whatever that, you know, that allows for stuff like that to happen. So, uh, like, I will I will give Dan Slott, like, credit for going in, like, this direction. However, like, I, I know a lot of fans are not happy with it just because it's honestly, like, so un-Spider-Man, like, like, I don't know, it's, like, on a scale that Spider-Man usually doesn't deal with, you know, he, he, and obviously, you know, people are used to seeing, like, Peter Parker sort of either down in the dumps or at least, you know, li- living a fairly street-level existence on all fronts, basically, so, you know, this is a very different, like, you know, status quo for him. And I don't know, what are you, like, you guys, like, what are your, like, initial thoughts on that, like, new status quo? Like, Justin, like, what do you think of it, like, so far, at least? I think it's all right so far. Like, I didn't expect to like it. You know, when we, when we first heard about this, I was like, no, you know, like you said, this sounds a bit too much like Batman Incorporated, and I I thought it was going to be terrible. Um, But it's, it's okay. Like, it's not great, but it's keeping my attention. I think a lot of people, you know, they expect certain things of Peter Parker, and when something different takes place in his life, they get a little scared. But it's like, you know, some things work out. It's like Peter as a teacher, like, yeah, that was great. Peter as, you know, uh, a new Avenger or whatever, like, mm, you know, take it or leave it. Peter as Dr. Octopus or, you know, Dr. Octopus is uh, Spider-Man, like, no, not not a good idea. But, like, Peter as the head of his own, like, company, you, like, I was like, no, that's that's probably not a good idea either. Um, but it's been pretty interesting. 
I do think it like it gives him a bit more cred because like in my mind, Peter should be up there with like Mr. Fantastic and Tony Stark. Like I'm not saying he has that that genius level, but he can hold his own with these guys. Like he, you know, he he should be able to, I guess you know, go toe to toe with them like scientifically. You know. Yeah, like I. I've always kind of thought of it as like if Peter had like like was about 10 years older and in their age range, basically, he would be like, you know, in that echelon, basically. But it it's only for lack of like experience, basically, that he's right. not like he, he has the raw talent and he's put in the work. So I don't know, like Derek, like, do you have any like I know you've only read what the very first issue of Amazing? Yeah, I, I've read the first issue of Amazing. I've read most of spider-man and deadpool which i think is the first time i was semi introduced to the the new status quo and uh, it's you, you know I, I i i'll just be the dissenting voice for for what justin said about superior spider-man like i think i think i did actually enjoy it like whether or not like the way Peter went out in amazing, what was it like 700 or whatever was a good thing. Like, I don't want to get into that, but as far as like what came as a result of that, I thought was kind of interesting. And it seems like he's kind of, I don't know. It's almost like that whole horizon, you know, Parker industries thing is almost like sort of riding on the coattails of the superior Spider-Man in a way, you know? And it's like, I guess, you know, I mean, I, I was never, like, anti him getting his due as being an Avenger or anything like that. But I also understand the point of view that, you know, to a lot of people, Peter Parker is an everyman. And, and the minute you make him a, a a business mogul and a conglomerate, you know, then then he sort of ceases to be the everyman. But I think it's, it's interesting that they, they keep feeling the need to point out that whereas like Deadpool apparently in the current timeline is Mr. Moneybags and Peter Parker is doing a quote unquote poor man's Tony Stark. They, they also feel the need to point out that Tony Stark isn't doing Tony Stark right now. Like Tony, it's like, seems like every minutes I'm getting told Tony Stark is broke. If that makes any sense. And it, no, it's, definitely, you know, and, and yeah. they're, they're just basically saying, Oh, well there's this void to fill. And Peter Parker has tried to, you know, step up to the plate and, and void it. The the only thing that I, I guess I, I haven't been reading enough of, of the in-between stuff because I didn't really play catch-up. I just read the first issue. And I know there's, like you're saying, a sort of time skip and there's certain questions that are, are probably unanswered purposely. But I, I just, I guess my disconnect was it seems like Anna Marie is there helping him. You know, he's got a, a different set of supporting characters, which I'm sure we'll go into that are helping him as, you know, as his quote unquote bodyguards, uh, you know, whether it be Spider-Man as his bodyguard or, you know, quote unquote Spider-Man as his bodyguard or, you know, Mockingbird, you know? And so I was just kind of like, Oh, well that's, you know, I'm like, that's kind of different. And the other thing I thought was interesting was, at least in that first issue, it did seem to be that the Spider-Man brand had gone global, where they were trying to sort of indicate that, like, oh, even all the way out here in Japan, everybody's like a fan of Spider-Man, you know, like, like, and I thought that was kind of weird, given that, you know, the the kind of 
going back to you know what what people might think is a traditional portrayal of spider-man is that he, he not only is he the everyman but he is always you know sort of down on his luck whether it's in his superhero career or his you know personal career and so the fact that like there's not some japanese j jonah jameson going like you know <laughs> oh no Spider-Man, you know, and like he's all mad at Spider-Man for like messing up, you know, the sushi cart or the ramen noodle, you know, cart or whatever. You know, it's like it's kind of funny because apparently, you know, it seemed like, you know, it seemed like it was fairly positive. I mean, I know, I know, certain supporting characters are giving him crap, but and 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 they kind of make him like the bumbling, goofy. Like, it basically, they, they kind of intimate that he's not as smooth as Tony Stark is at all these press conferences, and they try to come up with these kind of goofy ways in which he sort of semi-screws up the press conferences, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I thought it felt like, de- it definitely felt like this is like a brand new start and a brand new direction, and I, I, I don't know that I was enticed to continue reading after the first issue, let's just put it that way. That's cool. I mean, yeah, I can definitely understand that. I'm. I, I was just gonna like point out some things that you mentioned that like I like. Like I do like the setup of him. Like if he's gonna be Tony Stark Jr., I guess that makes like Hobie Brown like James Rhodes Jr. or something. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. And like that, you know, I've always I've had a soft spot for Hobie Brown like for a while. Like not he's never been like a favorite character, but I always like felt like he was like a stand up guy. Like he's never someone who. I felt like just went evil for no reason and like hated Spider-Man or whatever. And he he's always seems to be someone like that Peter can go to like to do a favor for him or something. So, you know, just having him like elevated sort of to like, you know, obviously Peter trusts him with his secret identity. So, you know, it's nice to see that character sort of elevated. I As you guys know, like, you know, I'm a big fan of Mockingbird. So like. I, I like seeing her, like, in this book, and I, I, I kind of like her being, I guess, like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. liaison or whatever to Parker Industries or whatever. Um, I, like, part of me sort of fights it where I'm kind of like, yeah, but she should hang out with Hawkeye. But, like, on the other part of me is like, but I like Spider-Man, too. So, I mean, I, mean, I guess it's cool that she's hanging out with Spider-Man. So, I, I don't know. Justin, do you have any thoughts on, like, his new supporting cast or whatever? I like Mockingbird being around. The only thing I don't like is I'm not crazy about her new costume. Like it just, I look at it, I'm just like. I just <laughs> bought a Marvel Legend of another <laughs> costume. God damn it! Yeah. Sorry, no. That that was all I thought of when I saw that new costume. Was it, it, it's it's pretty unfair, but that's all I could think of is like, God damn it! Like, why is there another new costume? But. Yeah. I, I do think it's interesting. It's like not only is she in this book, but she's also in another Spider book we'll probably talk about later. But I just thought it was odd. It's like, you know, that character is, is on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so you'd think she'd be showing up in, you know, like Avengers titles, but it's like, no, she's running around in Spider Man books. Yeah, it is odd. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess like, she has her own ongoing now, so I guess they want her 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 elevated in a public eye or whatever. And uh, obviously, she's getting her own like spinoff TV show eventually too. So yeah, I guess it, it, it is kind of weird. But like, I guess I'm not against it. But it it it's just weird. She's like, yeah. she's not the Pepper Potts because you'd think like Anna Marie is the Pepper Potts. Yeah. If we're, doing the Tony Stark Jr. analogy. So you're kind of like, well, who exactly is Mockingbird? She's like she's like the Bethany Cab, like, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Yeah, but... 
uh, I don't know. What, would you guys like be opposed to like there being some kind of relationship between them? Like I was kind of like I I don't know. like it's a part of, like I said part of me resists it, but like the I, other part of I, me. I think kind of... I think my gut reaction would be to resist it, but I I will say that when they undid the marriage and there were like issues here and there where like spider-man and and miss marvel had team-ups and there was a little bit of like hey he's not married like they could conceivably hook up and i went "Eh, that's not i mean nothing really came of it but it was just like one of those things where i was like that's not like the end of the world or whatever you know what i mean like Like, I, i definitely don't resist that as much as i do like him like being in a relationship with like carly sue or something or someone they just pretty much invented to like be designated peter girlfriend basically like it feels a little more organic than that is there anything, Justin, like you want to like talk on like the first like, you know, the first arc or, you know, obviously they're they're setting up like the Zodiac is uh, like, yeah, I, I guess the direct competition or the direct enemy of Parker Industries. And I don't know. Let me just say that I, I've i never liked the Zodiac like as <laughs> villains. Like whenever they show up, I'm kind of like like I know you one of you guys. I don't know if you guys maybe Derek likes them like and like I know Derek likes the high evolutionary, but I don't like mm-hmm. like the high evolutionary in the Zodiac are like whenever those villains appear, I'm kind of like, oh, boy, like t- prepare for a snooze. Fest. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like, it's just it's just something where I've never read like a good story with them, basically. But I thought it was a really odd choice to like make them the like ongoing threat for Spider-Man. I was like, "Oh, it, it's going to be the Zodiac." Like, let's that's weird because like I've never been too crazy about them either. I just like I remember when I was first collecting comics and reading like back issues of Avengers, like the Zodiac would show up every now and then and I was, you know, I would read them, but nothing about it really, you know, nothing stuck in my head like, you know. So I'm still you know you know what the death the death knell for them was was when they were the villains of that 90s avengers cartoon <laughs> or i was like oh man these guys suck but then i was like but i think it's because this whole cartoon sucks but you know they they add to they do not like decrease the suckiness level basically what were you gonna say justin oh um yeah I, i'm still kind of scratching my head like you know why did slot like choose the zodiac i mean i guess you know, it's one of those it's one of those things where like every writer has like his pet characters. You know, like you know Bendis with Spider Woman or whatever. Like he he has characters he likes and he you know he wants to see elevated. So I, I don't know if like Slots always had a thing for like the Zodiac and he's like, oh man, like I'm gonna take the Zodiac and make him so awesome. Like it's gonna be great and Spider Man's gonna fight him. And I'm like, I'm just like the Zodiac. Like you know really like I guess it's an interesting change because. You know, the past couple of volumes that we've had of Spider-Man, like, I think we've seen just about every classic villain in some way. So, it's a, it's a good change, but in my head I'm still like, but it's the Zodiac. <laughs> and, like, I find myself, like, struggling to, like, to care about them, I guess. Like, or, or see them as a legitimate threat for Spider-Man. Especially at this stage where he's, like, you know, Tony Stark Jr., like, and he's fighting the Zodiac. Like, I'm, I'm still, like, stuck on that in my head. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I get you. Um, let's talk about like I guess a more possibly a a more interesting and like personal like threat to like Spider-Man. Like, who do you think this guy in the red suit is who keeps like showing up to his old villains and like offering them like this? For those who don't know, like in issues like in the first like ten issues, this mysterious man whose face we never see, and I think he's in a he's always in like a red business suit. He shows up to like the lizard, and he shows up with like Martha and Billy Connors, who are uh, or are dead at this point. And he says like, you know, work for me, and you know, Martha and Billy, they're I've made them alive again for you. So the lizard's like, okay, I'll work for you. And then he shows up um, to the rhino, who is still alive, I guess, because I think the last time we saw him, he possibly drowned. Yeah. But he shows up with, like, the rhino's wife, and he says, you know, I've resurrected her for you. Like, now work for me. And the rhino's like, okay. So who, who do you think this guy might be? My guess is the jackal, because I'm like, well, you know, if you're thinking of Spider-Man terms, like, who could resurrect all these people? Well, like, conceivably, the jackal could, like, get their DNA and bring them back, but... So like that that that's my guess. Yeah, and I was gonna say like the upcoming like Spider-Man like event is called Dead No More, and we just saw a teaser for it at C two E two, um, where there's a cover where a bunch of like dead Spider-Man characters like Uncle Ben, uh, Martha and Billy Connors, uh, I think like Montana the Enforcer who died like I don't know like I think at the beginning of Dan Slott's run. And then, like, uh, Marla Jameson and possibly, like, uh, Ned Leeds and Captain Stacy are all on the cover. What if... And so... I don't know. I, uh, this is just me thinking outside of the box. But if he's in a red suit and, and before it was, what, one more day and all that other crap, like, what if it's Mephisto... Like that, I, that. I did. I did read that speculation. Like a part of me is kind of like, well, Slot did bring back Moreland and probably like under the you know the 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 idea that he could do better with Moreland. So like, it's possible. I mean, it's certainly like you know maybe he could. He thinks he could salvage some of that. Which I mean, you I you would think Mephisto could definitely do that for really reals, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if he wanted to, so. Yeah, so I like I don't know. It's interesting, it's, but then again, like when I first saw the press and the the promos for Spider Verse, I was kind of like, oh yeah, that looks kind of exciting. And then we know how that turned out. So yeah, <laughs> I guess you know I, I I like I said, I guess we'll see. Basically, like I, I'm definitely interested to see like. Uh, obviously like characters coming back from the dead is not a new thing in comics by far and it has no virtually no killing people or resurrecting people has virtually no shock value anymore but i think the value is in seeing like whatever these characters who have been absent for a while like interact with the current landscape you know and see what's changed and whatever like you know i i'd love to see like you know characters like captain stacy or ned Leeds like you know talk to people who are you know been or like th those guys have been dead for decades so it's like it'd be cool to see say like ned Leeds talk with betty brant again or you know captain stacy talk with peter again so even if these are like fakes or clones or whatever, you know, that that seem that is an element that would be interesting to me. But I guess we'll see. Like like well, with Spider-Verse, like I don't think virtually any of the potential I saw in that really came to fruition. So I guess we'll see about that. It seems like that one I can't think of it. Was it the chaos event or like there was that one 
crossover where they kept bringing back dead people and stuff. Like I think Thunderbird came back and yeah, like, yeah, chaos. yeah, chaos, chaos war. Yeah. Okay, I mean it sounds like it's like that, but on like a Spider-Man level almost. Yeah, I don't know, Justin. What do you think of that? Yeah, I could I could see that totally. Yeah, like again. Like it, the idea and the potential of it seems promising to me. But like history has proven, I don't think Slot can like pull it off to any satisfactory degree. Like I think he has good ideas, but he doesn't execute them very well. Hey, Mike, back me up or 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 prove me wrong. But I, I'm just thinking about something I wanted to bring up. But Hobie Brown basically suits up as the Prowler, right? Yes. So, so uh, ostensibly, he's kind of like a a lower rent, you know, street level kind of, you know, Iron Man or even you know lesser than that. But now he's actually going around being Spider Man when Spider, you know, basically when Peter Parker's in public. So, like, I I don't know. Like, I I did have that thought of like, shouldn't. Like, I, I, I don't know what I thought, but I was just sitting there going, like, isn't there somebody who actually has, like, Spider-Man's powers he could have picked instead? <laughs> yeah. this I'm sure there's plenty of people out there. That I, could, I just like, felt like, in, like but... he, he always seems to be, I mean, at least in the issues I've read of the current stuff, which is the first issue of Amazing, and then I was wondering exactly who it was under the mask in Spider-Man Deadpool, and then I realized, oh, it's just Peter, you know, like, strictly speaking most of the time you know like i, I thought maybe it was going to be somebody else the entire time you know like like yeah kind of like a whole you know dick grayson is batman for you know the the morrison run or something like that but instead i'm like oh okay they're they're kind of doing the whole you know spider-man <laughs> no, is no. peter parker's bodyguard and yada 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 yeah. or mascot or whatever and and i just kept thinking to myself well geez like you know he's worried about hobie brown you know getting beat up by i guess the first what is it the first zodiac that shows up or whatever yeah. and, and i'm just kind of like well dude like you 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 know i mean i i know it's like you know it, it's like he has one monologue where he's like patting himself on the back for what a great idea it is and then then at the end of it it's like oh shit i might get this guy killed you know and you're just like dude like make up your mind either it was a good idea or it wasn't a fucking good idea but yeah. yeah, I get you. I, I just assume, like, it's, you know, yeah, Hobie's got, like, you know, mechanical enhancements and stuff, obviously. Um, I, I guess, you know, he could get, I don't know, like, if Kane was still around, he could probably, like, talk him into doing something like that. But Kane is in limbo right now, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Like, I guess it's it's the best he can do at the, this point. And I, I, I don't maybe he's just doing a favor for a bud. Like I, like I said, I... I've always thought Hobie Brown's like a stand-up guy and, yeah. you know, obviously someone Peter trusts. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I think it works out. But I do I do agree with what you're saying where it's like this could be very dangerous for Hobie, basically. Like, What do you guys think of the new – I mean, I guess it's not totally new, but, I mean, it's kind of a new Spider-Man costume in a way. I, I was just thinking that, like, you know, the, the similarities with Batman Inc., like, don't end with just the concept. Like, he's got the glowing, like, spider symbol on his chest, kind of like Batman had that, like, bat lamp on his chest, too, in that series. So, but it's it's not terrible. Like, you know, 
I don't think it's something like he's got what like longer like booties and like he's got the glowing eyes and the glowing symbol on his chest. And I, I feel like lately there's been like a renaissance where there's uh, I, I don't know how to explain it, but there's been a tiny eyes renaissance from the McFarlane era, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, like I feel like a lot more people are drawing Spider-Man kind of like the classic John Romita version of his face then i mean even in the you know you brought up the the appearance of spider-man in the civil war trailer and when i saw him it wasn't like i was thinking of a sort of mcfarlane larson you know big-eyed wide-eyed you know and and as they claim you know oh this is inspired by steve ditko we didn't come up with this or whatever but you know if if you want to point to all those artists as the inspiration for that kind of uh, you know eyes or those kind of eyes I mean, I would say that now I feel like it's it's come back full circle, and now there's kind of like a renaissance for the the John Romita Jr. eyes, and I'm kind of like, oh, that's kind. I don't know why. Like, I'm just kind of like, oh, that's kind of neat. I agree, and I I don't like I don't mind either way. Like, I, as long as it looks cool, like it's like I don't prefer big eyes or small eyes. Like, as long as it looks cool. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'm I'm not I'm not decrying one over the other. I'm just sort of pointing out a trend I noticed because I I think it seems like. You know, it's like the movies and the comics and, you know, the, the, the even the toys in some ways, you know. I gotcha. I don't know why he has to, like, I did the one thing about his new, like, costume, I don't know why he has to do, like, I don't know, voice command for his, like, web shooters or whatever. Like, I guess that's the easiest way to do it, but I don't know, like, you know, it's not like Tony Stark always has to say, right arm, like, repulsor ray, like, 90 do, degrees. Do like, all yeah, those, like kooky ass like versions of webbing like show up in the later issues like where he's like you know uh, it's like webbing Mach 5 you know and it it you know does my taxes and cooks me Chinese food when I use this web cartridge or whatever it it got a little ridiculous in a recent issue where he had I don't know Justin what the issue where he was in space with Nick Fury Jr. and like he used his web like he had like adamantium webbing or something oh, yeah. or he had <laughs> he had like some kind of webbing that allowed him to survive like re-entry into Earth's atmosphere and I was like oh come on <laughs> yeah. like okay yeah. like whatever but that that got a little ridiculous that I don't know it's like the yeah. rainbow sherbet webbing cartridge tastes delicious <laughs> yeah I don't know. Yeah, some like I guess uh, in moderation it's cool, but sometimes when you see, when I saw something like that, I'm like, is this a Spider-Man comic? Like this doesn't seem like a Spider-Man I, I comic. I think but... it's funny that you mentioned that because I I don't even remember what it was he used in the first issue, and I was like, okay, I can see why that's useful. But then I was like, man, this is the recipe for something that could really get overdone and go overboard before you know it. And then, you know, basically you're saying, oh, he he survived reentry with web fluid, you know, and you're just kind of like, OK, wow. You know? It is kind of uncomfortably reminiscent of like Ultimate Spider-Man, like the cartoon where he's got like taser webbing and whatever webbing and, you know, toyetic webbing or like, I guess that's part of the thing where people are like, you know, uncomfortable with this whole concept of Spider-Man becoming overly having more resources than he usually does well, basically. It's, it's interesting because he's actually selling or at least designing stuff for shield as well and i think he has that conversation with fury jr also where he's like look if you don't help me out and do this and that and the other thing then i'm gonna stop designing tech for you guys and it's like the big thing that 
seems to have put Peter Parker on the map is like, what, what do they call it? Like webware? I mean, basically it looks like a fucking Apple Watch or something. It's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, great. So now everybody, I mean, you know, they, they try to make it like it's this global thing where, you know, Peter Parker has been embraced, or at least his technology has been embraced all over the world. And, you know, there are characters talking about how they, you know, oh yeah, I totally downloaded this to my webware, or I, I watched it on the news feed on my webware, and, you know, you're kind of like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess, you know, and it, it was like, yeah, I don't know, like, I, I don't want to get too much into this, but it, it, it just felt like it was like, I don't know. It's it's very of. Let me. I'll just be polite and say it's very of its time. Where they're talking about oh, free internet for everybody and free this and free that for everybody. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's great. And then and then you know there are those scenes where they talk about how Peter Parker basically, even though he's the CEO, like he gets paid less than. I don't know, Hobie Brown, basically, like he get, basically he 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 takes a giant pay, you know, basically it's like, oh, I take a modest salary and I don't like overpay myself for all these things. Like I, I basically I want to give my gifts to the world and, you know, you know, I guess he's got like that, you know, Ben Parker Foundation and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it seems like it's very altruistic, but also I'm I'm kind of suspect of it's like i i could easily see to me it wouldn't be unrealistic if this arc ended with peter parker penniless bankrupt and everybody kind yeah. of bled him dry you know uh, it's even, kinda, though, it, it, even it, though he it, means well you know what i mean it does kind of like it seems almost an inevitability that it's going to have to swing that way eventually like you know probably I, I i will predict here and now by the time his new like solo movie comes out basically you know it'll be like back to basics like amazing spider-man volume like 47 number one like, <laughs> like he's poor as dirt again like you know now run your experiments like a good dr octopus mr osborne please i've told you that name is so demeaning one other thing i wanted to bring up um Two of Sp the two I, I should say the two greatest like Spider Man's two greatest villains have made small appearances in this series so far. Uh, first, you've got like I think in the very first issue, it's seen that like the Living Brain, who is working around like Peter's lab and stuff, still has like the mind of the mind like patterns of Doctor Octopus like hidden in it. And so, like, it's been, like, you know, following Anna Marie around and, you know, being generally creepy and whatnot. And then you've got Hush, or, I don't know, Norman Osborn, like, looking like Hush, I guess, like, off in Africa, or, like, all bandaged up or whatever. Well, it could be Norman Osborn, he claims to be, but, you know, like, selling goblin tech to, like, mercenaries and whatever. So, I don't know, do, do Justin, do you have any thoughts on, like, what, what they slot might do with these guys, or... Um, I'm not sure. Like, I I was trying to figure out like, when was the last time we've seen Norman Osborn? Like, do you remember? Like, was it when he turned into the purple Purple Hulk? Like, has he shown up since then? Uh, the end of Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, that's like, the last like, I remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, because he well he looked completely different. Like, in, at the end in Superior Spider-Man's last arc, it was revealed that, um, I think it was like Liz Allen's like, like bodyguard or like business partner or something was actually like norman osborne with just like plastic surgery or something and like he was the green goblin like the whole time 
He was and like he was know. the Goblin King, basically. Yeah, he was the quote-unquote Goblin King. You, you were yeah. supposed to be wondering who it was, and then it kind of turned out it was Norman Osborn all along, basically. Yeah, which, which I thought was a pretty weak, like, revelation. Wait, wait. Who was the burn victim? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was Norman Osborn, apparently. Yeah, I, but, I know I've read that, but I, I have no memory of that at all. <laughs> it didn't stick. It, it, like, I thought it was a pretty limp revelation and pretty weak all overall like that series ended with like norman with his new like i think people were joking he looks like seamus the wrestler like basically <laughs> now but so i think it like ended with like uh him being in- injected with something that like cured the goblin juice in him or whatever i don't know like it depowered him mm. And, like, he was, like, escaping at the end of that series, and he was kind of like, mwahaha, now I am sane, because that's how these things work. <laughs> like, because, I don't know, which I, I thought was, like, completely stupid and invalidates the character, basically, because I always thought that Norman Osborn was insane, like, to begin with, and the goblin-like formula just kind of removed his, like, inhibitions, like, sort of. But the um, The guy who's been resurrecting everyone, like... I'm guessing he's going to give uh, Doc Ock a new body, and then like Doc Ock will like, you know, Doc Ock will be like Phase One, and he's gonna like cause Peter problems, and then the mysterious red guy will like do Phase Two or something. Yeah, something like that. Like I, I, I really would, I would well. Ever since like Superior Spider-Man ended, I was kind of like, well, like that. I thought that was a pretty limp like showing for Norman Osborn, and I was kind of like, like I've always thought Norman is like Spider-Man's number one foe. So I was kind of like, like come on, like do something like you know worthy of him, basically. But that was like not it. So I, I would hope that he would have some kind of. Uh, if not be the big bad, like the guy in the red suit or whatever, like have some kind of like, you know, Lex Luthor moment where he's like, you know, you should have let me be in on this. And, you know, only I get to kill like Peter Parker or something at the end. So and, you know, obviously like auto, I don't know, like obviously like Doc Ock's been elevated in status since like Superior, but Sometimes I think Slot, like, I don't know, favors him too heavily or, like, just would rather be writing about him than, like, Peter. So, so I'm, I I guess I'm a little sick of Ock at this point. So, I don't know. Do, do either of you have anything else to say about, like, Amazing, the new status quo or anything before we, like, move on? Or I think I'm good. Okay, well, I guess, you know, we're kind of... We're not like down on it. Like we were all down on Spider Verse, but like I think we this like it has potential. Like I guess, and <laughs> even though we've I, I've said that like Slot has always usually let me down when it comes to stuff like this. Like I'm I am looking forward to Dead No More. So like that's something. So you know. Well, hopefully. Uh, I wouldn't say I was down on Spider Verse. Like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because you had different spider-man interacting and like having wacky adventures but uh the only thing i didn't really like was like the i thought the bad guys were like pretty weak and you know didn't really have like a proper motivation except for like kill all the spider-man everywhere <laughs> yeah we, i know you weren't on the show justin but we did make fun of like the moreland family and i oh derek you're gonna have to snap the moreland family okay. <laughs> yeah but, uh, yeah, no, we, I think Derek compared them to, like, tw- twinkly, like, Twilight vampires yeah, that's, that's or what, something. that's what they felt like. Like, they <laughs> yeah. were all like, they should be sparkly or something. 
Yeah, so I I don't know. Like, hopefully, you know, whoever this red guy is will be a better villain than they ended up being. But yeah, so I don't know. Let's. I guess we'll move on to like the first of the myriad of like. It's kind of weird because honestly, like, there aren't a lot of titles that I want to read, but there are a lot of Spider-Man like ancillary. Ancillary. I can't say it. Damn it. Like ancillary. Ancillary. That's it. Okay, ancillary. That's where I get I get messed up at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Side titles like Spider-Man related side titles, and I guess we'll we'll keep it to like for the first one we'll talk about. We'll keep it to Peter Parker, and we'll keep it to something Derek has actually read some of. Um, there's a new book called Spite, just called Spidey, which is. I guess it's out of continuity. It seemed it seemed confusing because I guess like it's they don't weird. Want... Like yeah. like because I I read that it was in continuity, so I was wondering like is this is this a result of the changes in Secret Wars or not? And then it it feels like it wants to be a series. It it's like it wants to be untold tales of Spider Man, but it's changing stuff. So I'm yeah. kind of like, oh, that's weird. It's like, it, basically, they act like, oh, this could take place in between the Lee Ditko era. And I'm like, but Norman Osborn and Harry look like they're Indian. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like what, in between, uh, in between issues like, you know, 39 and 40, they freaking got a makeover or whatever? Yeah, and like, I, I was like, I, I guess Flash Thompson's hair changed from, like, black to, like, orange at some and, point. And, yeah, and, a... and apparently Gwen Stacy went, to high school with Peter Parker and likes yeah. punching out Flash what, Thompson. The, and... the way I was going to describe this series is it's like a Spider-Man animated series, except in a comic form, basically. Yeah, like, that's yeah. That's the, the vibe yeah, I got like, from it. it. It reminded me a lot of, like, they, they were trying to incorporate things that were popular in either the feature films or like you're saying, maybe like, you know, say the spectacular Spider-Man, you know, like Gwen, Gwen also went to high school with Peter and that, but I, I actually, I spent a lot of time thinking about this and I hope you guys will bear with me, but like, okay, when we're first introduced to Gwen Stacy, it's, it's all about this, you know, girl power thing where basically Gwen Stacy is going to be tutoring Peter Parker and Peter Parker is going to be tutoring Gwen Stacy. They they just established this thing that, you know, Peter Parker's Spider-Man. He doesn't have a lot of time to study and pay attention. So one of the subjects he's doing really terribly in is history. And apparently Gwen Stacy is like a master wizard. She's awesome at history. She knows what's what. But she's not doing too good in like trigonometry or something. And since Peter's a science whiz, of course, he's really good at it. So it, it's supposed to be like a, you know, equitable swap. You know, they, they both tutor one another. But of course, Peter Parker kind of is sweet on Gwen. You know, Aunt May even mentions like, oh, you know, what, who's this girl you're going to see? And, and he's like, oh, it's not a girl. It's a study date. And she's like, yeah, sure it is. Like, like, just be yourself, Peter. You know, like, make a good impression and all this stuff. And there's some, you know, cute moments in it but i guess what what i what i was trying to wrap my head around was flash thompson is bullying peter parker in these early issues which i suppose makes sense if it's supposed to be you know some kind of early days of spider-man and and even conceivably somehow even though people change skin tone and appearance and all kinds of other weird shit if it takes place in between like the lead ditko issues right and and she gwen like 
sees that Flash is bullying Peter, and she obviously just needs him to be her study buddy. And so the first time we're introduced to Gwen, Gwen punches Flash in the face, and then he sits there, like, cradling his nose like a dumbass, and then, you know, basically she, she you know, I don't know, she does some girl power thing where she, like, blows on her knuckles or something and, you know, goes off with Peter or whatever, and it's like, oh, you're awesome and you're hot. I love you or whatever, and and that's basically the vibe I got. But, like, I kept thinking about that, and I kept thinking, like, well, okay, I, I don't know why this has just been on my mind lately, but it's like, if she's... If it's about equality, right, and you want equality, right, I, I guess the idea is it's it's supposed to bend your expectations in terms of gender, you know, like like it's, you know, the, the, the girl is coming to the rescue of the boy, you know, basically, as opposed to, you know, it's trying to negate that idea of a damsel in distress, right? But all I could think of is if a dude stopped a guy from bullying a girl or harassing a girl right and say like say peter punched flash in the face and then flash went what the fuck parker and like backhanded him slammed him into the locker and gave him a a a bloody nose or something like imagine if a dude did that you know like it's just funny because i i think sometimes it's like i think i start to wonder well you know how far does being, I don't know, it's like one of those things where I remember I was kind of taught, like, you're not supposed to hit a girl. Like, that's against the rules. Do you know what I mean? And, like, I I don't know, it just seems funny to me because it's kind of like, okay, well, it's against the rules to hit a girl, but it's okay for a girl to punch out a guy. Do you know what I mean? And then if it's equality, then conceivably you could punch the girl back in the face, conceivably, but not really. You know, like, so it was just like one of those things. It's not cool. You know, it's like, it's it's like, it's not cool, but it's like, if you're equal, it should be cool. And like, I, I I just, I, I just remember all those things were going through my head as I was growing up and stuff like that. And like, like, you know, I don't know. That's just what it made me think of. Like, I suppose maybe it's a good thing because the title did get me thinking about like high school times and things like that. I mean, I thought it was interesting. Like I, I just, but like, like you guys, I was kind of like, is this in continuity? Is this not in continuity? Is this a new, is this the new? Cause it, it, the thing I noticed was, you know, speaking of characters that have been like transplanted and implanted into the past, like the lady that he runs Parker industries with, uh, the Indian woman, Sarah and Johnny, like she's, there with him in high school and she's like the valedictorian and she's actually one upping him in high school and you're like well she would never went to high school with peter parker before yeah you know but clearly she's in she's in the current amazing spider-man title though you know as like a colleague of his you know that works for him basically but is also doing you know nefarious things behind his back when he doesn't know right so i was like that's kind of i don't know it's 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 one of those things where i'm not really hundred percent sure about it but i'm always interested in hearing I'm, I'm like curious what people think of it for some reason i i don't like when they do stuff like that like do some kind of like big retcon into the past like oh you know what's her face like was totally friends with like uh gwen when she was alive and now she's peter uh peter was uh girlfriend. oh yeah carly yeah, yeah. like oh this one chick at parker industries like you know she's kind of shady but like hey remember when like they were good friends in high school 
um no well you're gonna because like here it is like and it's gonna be yeah. like so impactful and you're gonna cry i'm like well no, I you, don't, did, like, you just like added that like that's that's like a big and terrible retcon like I don't yeah know. like honestly like no matter how outdated it is and like you know how like lame it might be like when i think of peter parker as a teenager he's wearing that dorky blue suit and tie and stuff <laughs> yeah. like you know so like you know no matter how outdated it gets or whatever like that's how like i picture peter parker as what like about a, his, a teenager. what about his black sweater and the, the white shirt or whatever oh yeah no nah, i don't know but like, I like it when, like, they do, like, you know, when, you know, Kurt Busiek's, like, Untold Tales of Spider-Man, because those, like, fit, like, pretty oh, seamlessly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. This, this, yeah, but this, series... this is just, yeah, like, a retelling, and yeah. it's a re... Like, I I hate the double talk, like, the, the creators do, where it's like, oh, yeah, this is in continuity, and then, you know, fans are like, how? Like, how is it in... Like, this doesn't fit, and this doesn't fit, and this doesn't fit. Well, but they don't want to say yeah. it's not in continuity, because then that means, like, people can dismiss it, basically. Well, you, you know what's strange is, it's like... It, you were talking about how it's a retelling, but it's really not. I mean, it really, really wants to be Untold Tales of Spider-Man. It's just Untold Tales of Spider-Man filled with a litter of retcons. You know, like, because yeah. you're, you're like, oh, you know, he basically says, oh, I remember fighting Sandman before. I remember fighting Lizard before. Like, he even gives you the down low on who the Lizard is and who he was and all this other stuff. And, you know, they might, but the retcon is they minorly tweak it. It's not that he was, you know, now now it looks like he was in, like, you know, Afghanistan or something. Do you know what I mean? So they, they retconned it and tweaked it so that that's where he lost his limb you know, so that it's not quote unquote yeah. dated or whatever, you know, but then, you know, it's the same thing with like adding all those supporting characters to the high school cast. It's basically like, you know, in Spectacular Spider-Man when they made Glory Grant a member of the the high school cast, you know, like uh, basically anybody who's read Spider-Man knows that that's not how Glory Grant was introduced, but you sort of, you know, since you're coming to spectacular spider-man the cartoon from the ground floor you're just like oh well that's how it is in this you know universe in this continuity yeah. whereas in this case they're like oh this is continuity and you're like well wait a minute like what is you know be, you know the same thing comic nerds have speculated and pondered and you know for the ages it's like well how is this in continuity like did you change the continuity like is it different now and you know as far as that goes it's like to me it seems like well maybe they're trying to say that because they like you said the creators have said it's in continuity but you're you respect you're skeptical of it because you wonder are they just saying that so you don't dis you know disregard this title because the minute you say it's not in continuity, then, you know, maybe people can use that as an excuse not to check like, out the title. Pretty the way like I compared it like to and what, what what I said, I would be more forgiving of it and more accepting of it if it was like an animated show, because then you could just say, you know, OK, well, it's you know, it's an animated adaptation. Like so they can change, you know, as much as they want and, you know, condense things and, you know, do stuff like that. And then. Yeah, then I can, then I'd be, okay, well, I'm forgiving of that. But, like, as a, if they're trying to say this is in continuity, then I'm, I'm doing exactly what they feared. I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of dismissive of it then. Well, I will say I like the art. Like, the art's yeah, the, great. The art's yeah, the art's nice. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. So, 
I, I anyone else have anything to say about Spidey or? I I mean I you know I I know I know you said you were feeling dismissive of it. I I know that was of when you guys mentioned you were doing this. Even though I thought I might not be able to make the show, uh, one of the things that I noticed and I was like, what's the Spidey title about? And then I when I looked into it, I was like, oh that's kind of interesting. And I I was basically it wasn't like I read the first issue like I did of Amazing Spider-Man number one and went oh, geez, like, I got to read, like, eight more of these? It was more like, oh, that was kind of fun. Let me see what the next one's like. So, I mean, at the very least, I could tell people I I was enthused enough to continue reading it, and I'm kind of curious what other Spider-Man or self-proclaimed Spider-Man aficionados think about it, whether they, you know, whether they are dismissive of it or dislike it or or whether they, they find things that are interesting about it because a lot of people seem to like to, you know, focus on that that time period in Spider-Man's life, you know, his early history and kind of, you know, I I guess, you know, it's that thing of, you know, does Buffy work when she's a a high school kid and does she not work as much when she's in college or an adult quote unquote, you know, and it's like, we are in this era where Spider-Man's clearly an adult. I mean, he's clearly the CEO of his own company. So again, there's that, that, you know, and and they've killed the ultimate, you know, Peter Parker. So again, you're back in this rut of, yeah, well, Peter Parker might not be married, but he's also not of, you know, high school age either. So there yeah. there is this this uh, marketability and a, and a lack of a Spider-Man in like sort of a a familiar ground to people who might be coming into it you know where it's like oh if if some kid watches like ultimate spider-man on tv and wants to read a spider-man comic i don't think you're gonna give him amazing spider-man number one but i do think you could give him spidey yeah it's it's definitely like accessible yeah yeah. i don't know the the one thing that kind of like i don't know disconnects me is like well it seems like in all adaptations like usually they tend to add Harry and Gwen into, like, Peter's high school life when, you know, originally, like you said, he didn't meet them until college. And I guess, like, part of me, like I said, like, I think of, like, you know, nerdy, dorky, like, blue-suited and tie Peter. Like, I like those early Ditko issues because it's kind of, you know, the angry, like, Ditko, like, just Peter against the world, basically. Like, not a friend in sight or whatever. So I think that was part of, like, his high school years. But, like, sometimes I'm kind of like, well, if he has Gwen and harry around he it's kind of like softened basically it doesn't have like that edge to it so he doesn't have that that chip on his shoulder anymore yeah exactly but i don't know justin you have anything else to say about spidey or you want to move on i think i would enjoy it more if i knew exactly like what it was like if it's out of continuity is it some other universe like is it just like for kids like so i don't know why but for some reason that like irritates me and kind of takes away from my enjoyment i know it shouldn't but it does because you know like i'm a continuity buff i like for things to make sense and and in my head like i don't know where to place this yeah no definitely i can i see i i have the suffer from the exact same problem look everyone i want you to meet spider-man that spider-man we're actually both spider-man you can't both be spider-man okay let's be fair and square i'll be spider-man I called it. <laughs> well then, welcome to the team, Spider-Man. Wait, what? No, I'm Spider-Man. I've been Spider-Man for like ever. He called it, dude. Fair and square. It's indisputable. <laughs> no, it's very disputable. 
this place might not be so bad after all. Well, I'm glad you like it. But I'm still Spider-Man. I guess you you mentioned Ultimate Peter Parker. I don't I don't expect we'll talk very long about it. But Justin, did you read any of Miles Morales's series, like new post Secret Wars series? I've read the first issue and it was all right. Um, I guess I am kind of different from you guys because like I I never read any of the first volume of Ultimate Spider-Man when it was Peter, but like when it changed over and became Miles, like I was like, well this is this is interesting like i'm gonna i'm gonna give this a try so i read like the first i don't know 16 or 17 issues of that and i enjoyed it but you know it's like it's like one of those things it's like you know if i were reading it month to month i would probably hate it because it's been this and it's so yeah but then it's like they started doing this wacky crossover where like they're working with the ultimates and like the united states is like devastated and like it got too complicated and i dropped it I'm not too invested in the character, but, you know, where he's, you know, he's on the new Avengers team, you know, the all new, all different Avengers with um, Mark Wade writing. I was like, OK, I'll, I'll give this new uh, ongoing, you know, it's just called Spider-Man, adjectiveless Spider-Man. Like, I'll give it a try. And like, it was all right. I'll probably, you know, I'll probably give it another five or six issues to see, to you know, kind of give it a better try you know make a better judgment on it if i'm going to continue with it or not but so far like it's all right yeah like i mean i don't i don't have a huge problem with miles i don't know the, the thing i would have a huge problem like i did read the first two issues of it and like the thing i had a problem with was like typical bendis stuff where you know a big black demon like shows up it doesn't look a thing like blackheart but it says it's blackheart yeah. it doesn't act like blackheart and miles ends up beating him and i'm kind of like I don't know, like that does, like Blackheart just beat up all the Avengers and Miles comes in and beats him. And I'm kind of like, like, first of all, like, okay, wait, like, let's back up a little. Like, I don't know, like it was a typical like Bendis thing where he clearly didn't know a thing about the character before. And not only that, but like Blackheart is like a tire of villain where I would be almost like sort of like Spider-Man versus Blackheart is sort of like a mini like spider-man versus like you know juggernaut or fire lord or or someone like above his like size class so like i'd have trouble thinking like peter could beat blackheart on his own so like miles doing it i was kind of like eh, i don't know but that 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 was where my problem ended up but i don't know the rest of it was just kind of like typical like teenage bendis stuff i haven't I, I, I haven't read a whole lot of miles morales stories I think I, I've stumbled into them by accident, like, because, like, I know I've read a couple issues of that Mark Wade Avengers series that Justin mentioned, and Miles was in those, and then I did read Spider-Man Deadpool, so, of course, for me, I guess I, I'm the person this line was written for, but, like, I, I was the guy chuckling when Deadpool's like, hey, bring me the real Spider-Man, like, not this knockoff, and, and he was like, hey, I'm not a knockoff, I'm Sp- spider-man you know and it's like he's like no you're probably a clone or something like just bring bring me the real guy you know like i want the real one and you know of course the real one finally shows up and you know they both have this conversation and you know it's like they're riding around in the the deadpool buggy which is like a repainted spider buggy and and things like that and so that was kind of cracking me up but i um i was gonna ask justin and and i guess maybe you too mike since you read the first two issues I'm sort of curious about it from the perspective of like secret wars. Like are 
are those new issues acting like Miles Morales has always been in the 616 or, you know, whatever we're calling it, you know, like, has he always been in it? Or do they sort of refer to the fact that, like, he had a universe that was wiped out and now he's here? I I think they're just treating it as if, like, his supporting cast has been, like, folded into the fabric of, like, the new universe, okay. like, okay. as if they had always been there. Right. So but I guess M- okay. Miles is a Miles seems aware of the fact that he came from a different universe, basically. So, like, he so. knows, but, like, maybe, like, his uncle or somebody, like, just, you know, thinks it's normal or whatever. Yeah, like his. I guess his mom died in like his old series, but she's alive again, like oh. in, in this series. Okay. Yeah, so I I don't know exactly how it works. I guess it's very like it's kind of like you know after Crisis on Infinite yeah, Earths, yeah, where fi- like is out, this basically. what's what's yeah figure it out as you go along, like what's canon and what's not now. So do you what? have any opinion or or any any insight to offer on that line of questioning, Justin? I was gonna say like at the end of Secret Wars, didn't um, Miles like gave Molecule Man like a hamburger, and because yes. of that, Molecule Man was like, you know, like, hey kid, you're all right in my book, and like, yeah, I mean, I I took that to mean like you're gonna, you're definitely gonna make it into the re, you know, the rebirth universe. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, there was definitely that. Like that's that's how I read that. But I mean, I guess I guess you could read even deeper into it. Like, given what Mike's saying, like maybe. Not only did the hamburger buy him a pass into the universe, but like it brought his mom back and some other stuff. It sounds like too. Yeah, I guess that I guess that's pretty much how you have to take it. I I did like on 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 a similar like bent to your like you know what Deadpool said. Like I do like in Mark Wade's Avengers where like Tony Stark's always like calling him, "Hey, it's copyright infringement, kid!" Like or whatever. He's <laughs> like. You know. The Spider in me, yeah, Miles is kind of like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, he told me I could be Spider-Man, like, it's all cool, <laughs> it's all above board, you know? I guess the, I, the lesson to be learned from that is, like, if you meet, like, a cosmically powered person, like, be nice to them and, you know, give them a hamburger and things will be cool. Yeah, so I, I guess we'll move on from Miles, Miles Morales, and uh, let's. Uh, we we also mentioned like Gwen Stacy, so let's let's talk a little about Spider Gwen. So, um, honestly, like I I didn't really like read. I, I read the very last issue, which was on stands, which is like number six or whatever. So like I, I figured I'd get caught up fast and like. You know, the opening, they do that, I think, Derek, you were complaining about this in the Spider-Verse, like, podcast, where, you know, the the previously page is kind of like, previously on Spider-Woman, or whatever, like, and it's kind of like a TV show, like, like recap, where it shows, like, scenes and stuff, so I, I don't know, I guess, like, she's she's back in her own universe, and, like, I don't know, shit's going down, and, like, Harry Osborn is some, like, goblin lizard creature, and I don't know, it didn't... Like, I, I got the gist of it, but, like, I don't know. My, my problem with, like, Spider-Gwen is that the girl who is, you know, Spider-Gwen, it's not really any Gwen Stacy I'm familiar with, basically. It's it's not 616-Gwen. It's not even Ultimate-Gwen. It's just some girl they slapped Gwen's name on that they could make a new character and market her with a recognizable name, basically. And, like, you know, a, a cool new costume. So... I don't know. It does. It's not 
written for me basically and it's not really marketed for me so like i i I don't know justin if you you've been enjoying it but uh, like it didn't seem like something i would enjoy basically right no i totally get that it is it it is definitely you know its own thing it's not like you said it's not 616 gwen in in fact it's like a lot of times she doesn't act like 616 gwen but i guess that's the point but like in my head like i see this comic as being Josie and the Pussycats, if Josie had Spider-Man powers, and I think that's the reason I like this book a lot, because it is it is very much like that. You know, it's like you have Gwen, and she's part of this band called the Mary Janes, and, you know, Mary Jane is like the front man, I guess, and they're always having like these, you know, internal like band struggles and drama, like, you know, they're trying to have a concert and Gwen is late and, you know, all the, all does, these kinds of things. Make, does that make Gwen Melody? <laughs> Ditsy blonde who never shows up to band practice on time? I don't know about that. But I do like the book, right? You know, I guess, whereas it's not Mike's thing, like, I guess I'm like, you know, like, I'm a sucker and I bought into it. But but I, I do like it. And I like, I like the fact that it's kind of doing its own thing. It's like, you know... You have certain reoccurring, reoccurring characters. You have Daredevil. Well, actually, he's not Daredevil. He's Matt Murdock, and he's probably, you know, he, he's a shady guy, and he may or may not be the kingpin. Like I've, I'm kind of behind on a few issues. Oh, yeah, that that was yeah. I was gonna say that was like the one element I thought was like uh, pretty interesting. That Matt Murdock. I think they said like he's like the kingpin's lawyer or something, and he's like I don't know, Wilson Fisk's enforcer or something. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So. Yeah. And you have Frank Castle, who is, like, working for the police department, and he's, you know, he's very much Frank Castle without being the Punisher, and he's, like, you know, whenever he is, like, a suspect, it's like, you know, oh, we need to get some information out of him, like, you know, hand him over to Frank, and he's gonna, like, beat the crap out of him, so, like, you know, I I, I enjoy it because it's, in my head, it's kind of, like, an elongated, like, what-if story, almost, What, but, you know, like I said, it, it's not for everybody, but, like, I, I do enjoy the book. That's, yeah, that's a that's a that's a pretty good like uh, way to look at it. Basically, like that's I, a good perspective I, I didn't think of. I I feel like like this character. I mean, I I sort of understand where Mike's coming from, and I think I sort of agree in terms of the actual comic book. Even though I've not really read the series that you're talking about, like I'm only speaking from my experience with like Spider Verse and some other stuff like that that I've read of Spider Gwen, but. It does seem like, I mean, for whatever reason, you know, she, that character has definitely struck a chord, you know, with, with, you know, a female readership, you know, cause I, I, it's interesting cause I, I see people running around dressed up as her and that, you know, the, the comic is like for some ungodly reason that edge of spider verse that she first appeared in is like one of these you know it's like that magnus robot fighter 12 back when like valiant was hot for like a year do you know what i mean where like people were trying to sell it for 150 bucks a, a a copy or whatever and you're just like wow and it's like yeah maybe 10 years from now you know, Edge of Spider-Verse number two will be in the 10 cent bins or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But like right now, it's like for some reason that character is just hotter than hotcakes. So, I mean, it, it obviously is is of interest to to a certain 
subsect of the fan base, you know. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. I mean, you know, people are clamoring over the uh, the Marvel Legends figure and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I can see where where people are clearly into it. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. Like, I can I can definitely dig that people like you know it speaks to people and. But it doesn't speak to me, so man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what else I was going to ask is because this is this is just because I'm lazy and don't want to do research if I don't have to. I read something about the Yancey Street Gang was in those issues of Spider Gwen. What is there a Yancey Street Gang in those issues? Like an alternate Spider Gwen Yancey Street Gang that you um, remember? I think they just refer to them like in name because like in this universe like. Ben Grimm is like a cop, and okay, okay. he's talking about like you know you Yancey Street hooligans, like you know like I'm gonna get you or, or something. Okay, I don't. Okay, I don't cool. think you actually oh, something like them. that. Okay, yeah. cool. The real Felicia, she would have never let them. Never let them what? Turn me into this? You destroyed me, Spider. After what you did, I didn't care what happened to me. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so I guess let's let's move on to another spider lady um justin's avatar is that of cindy moon uh silk uh who you know was we we talked a bit at length about in the spider verse uh podcast and i I don't think any of us were really fond of the concept of her but you know she has a new series uh post you know secret wars and um i I did read uh, all of it uh i read i went through the you know I think there's like six issues out now. And uh, this is another series, I guess, that isn't quite for me. And it, like, it's not because it's not like written for me. It just has a lot of elements that I just completely dislike in one place, basically. I, I think and, I know the main one you're going to mention. That- yeah, I don't know. But why don't you, I think you <laughs> might be probably more positive on it than I will be. So like, why don't you talk about Silk a little bit? The thing you don't like about it is probably the thing that I also don't like. It's the continued like chumping of Black Cat and like making her a villain, which makes no sense in my head at all. Like, I, I really don't like that. And it's like that started what like in early issues of like superior spider-man where like you know spock like punched her and she was like oh like you know i'll get you for this gadget and then she like went totally bonkers and you know yeah she's been a villain in like hawkeye he punched her toe yeah she yeah ultimate toe stepping and like ooh, now it's like you know she's a total like crime boss and she's doing all this stuff and like i don't like that aspect of it like when i'll be happy when I don't know, like, she regains her sanity, or they reveal that she's, like, a space phantom, and it's like, oh, like, you know, back to normal, but, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I, I do not like that Ella, that either, and, like, I don't know, it, it seems like it's so unearned, too, where she's kind of like, you know, I have to go deep undercover in, like, you know, the deepest, like, da- most dangerous, like, crime syndicate ever, like, the one run by Black Cat, and I was like... <laughs> The, the black cat, like the woman who was like a good guy up until like two years ago or whatever, that's like the most dangerous, like, you know, that she's going to slit your throat if you slip up or something like, OK, well, whatever. Well, but. you have to give Silk like some credit. Like she has been in like a bunker for 10 years, so she's probably not like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she, bad guy. she's not. She is not up on her continuity, <laughs> so I guess I can't fault her for that. So, yeah. but um, so. but yeah, like I I like this book um, and I didn't expect to. Because when Amazing Spider-Man came back, you know, and it was Peter as Spider-Man, like, who's in that first issue, it's Silk, and you get this whole story of, 
you know, she has spider powers, but she was locked in a vault to keep Moreland from eating her or whatever, killing her. And as soon as she gets out, it's like her and Spider-Man, like, they're totally, like, going bonkers and they're going to, like, immediately do it. And I'm just like this, whoa, 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 like, simmer down now, like, what is going on? And then it's like, it's announced, like, oh, Silk's getting her own ongoing comic because, like, reader response was so great and it sold so many issues. And I'm like, well, it sold so many issues because it was a number one issue. It had nothing to do with that <laughs> character. I, I, that's what I said. Like, even, like, Dan Slott was like... <laughs> Like, oh, well, the, like, Amazing Spider-Man number one sold, like, so well because Silk was in it. And I was like, are you fucking retarded? Like, <laughs> honestly, like, come on. Like, it was Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man number one. You, you really think people it sold so well because this new character debuted in it? Like, okay, whatever. But um, I read the first issue of the pre-Secret Wars comic, and to my surprise, I liked it. What I really like, I really like the artwork about it. It feels kind of like... I don't know, almost like a kid's storybook, the way it's, like, painted, the way, it, you know, everything kind of flows, and it has, like, this kind of, like, you know, almost like a kid's cartoony storybook, like, if, if that makes sense, but, like, I really like the story, like, they, they took the character, they took that awful mess of a character that was in those first few issues of Amazing Spider-Man, and they really salvaged her, or at least in my head, um, you know, she's, like, she has her own identity now, she has, like, her own costume instead of just, like, running around looking like a half-naked mummy or whatever. And, you know, she's, like, looking for her family. She's looking for her brother and all this stuff. And then post-Secret Wars, things have changed, and now it looks like she's working for the Black Cat, you know, as Mike, Mike mentioned. But she's not, like, you know, spoilers, like, uh, who shows up and is her, you know, like, um, contact, but Mockingbird. Silk is, like, you know, a double agent in black cat's organization and she's giving mockingbird like all this information and like i thought that was a, a pretty uh interesting take on it and, you know like i said it's like it's weird mockingbird keeps showing up in all these spider-man books but you know like you know whatever like i, I like mockingbird so like i was cool with that yeah i i was i was pretty happy with that aspect of it another aspect of it i did not like was that not only does like black cat like continue to be like you know completely you know I don't want to say, like, character assassinated, but, like, you know, made to be completely unlikable and, you know, a bad guy, basically. But Phil Urich, like, the goblin, the new goblin king or knight or whatever he wants to call himself now, like, is made into, like, you know, he's he's the bad guy for, like, the last three issues of the thing. And he's he's completely made into, like, a irredeemable, like, loser slash chump, like... And I know, like, he's never been a huge, you know, he he didn't start from really far up, basically. But there's no there's no possibility of this character being redeemed or, you know, made into a serious threat again. He's he's almost as bad as, like, Jason McIndale at this point, where he's like a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox of a, a copy of a once-feared villain. And now he just has to be put out of his misery, basically. And I'm, I'm sad, because I... You guys know that, like, the Phil Urich Green Goblin series is one of my, like, favorite, like, short-lived, like, sort of Marvel series. And, you know, I really related to that character. And now, now I don't anymore, basically. <laughs> and 
at the end of it, it's like Black Cat like curb stomps him and then like injects him with a serum that like cures his like goblin formula or whatever. And then he's like carted off into the the paddy wagon and like Spider Woman and Mockingbird are laughing at him. And I'm like, oh come on, like shut up, like leave Phil alone. Like he's been through enough. But no, nope, I guess not. I guess not yet. So. You know, he doesn't even, like, he doesn't even fucking get to be the Hobgoblin anymore. He's, like, the Goblin King or the Goblin Knight or, like, whatever. Whatever he wants to call himself. It's stupid. I I, I don't want, like, I have the bath of the, the Phil Uric Hobgoblin. I do not want a Marvel Legends of Goblin Knight Phil or Goblin King <laughs> Phil. So, with his stupid pumpkin shoulder pads or whatever. So, if if you're listening, like, Hasbro, don't do that. It'll be a peg warmer. Mike won't buy it. Yeah, yeah, forget about it. I want I want a Marvel Legends of his original like Green Goblin like, you know, costume. That's it. But yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, so that and the Black Cat thing kind of like soured me on that book. But you're right that Silk has improved as a character basically and like I guess her and her and Peter aren't trying to like like screw like rabbits anymore. <laughs> yeah. So like that's kind of Does yeah. Peter ever show up in any of these books that you guys are talking about? Yeah, he showed up a few times and it, it was kind of awkward because of that like initial reaction to each other. They're like Silk's mm. very like kind of reserved around them or at least it seemed to me she was. Oh, so like now that's almost like a mood issue. Like they they don't have to do it, but they sort of feel embarrassed that they were, yeah. you know, compulsed to do that when they yeah. originally met. Yeah. Okay, so I guess yeah, I guess that's pretty much all we have to say on Silk. Uh, let's touch extremely lightly, since it's the name is Spider is in the title on Spider Woman. Jessica Drew, who I guess her post-Secret War series has got, is the, the main conceit of it is her being preggers. Finally, spider blunders. How am I going to get out of this mess? Yeah, God help me, I've, I've read a preview of this. And yeah, I know exactly yeah, what so, you're talking about. And I, I guess she did have, like, I, I've not read any of this series, but I guess she did have the baby. And I guess, I, I don't even know if, like, they, they know who the father is, or, like, I don't even know how she, like... Like, well, I know how she got pregnant, obviously, but I don't know, like, when or, you know, <laughs> like, you know, what what exactly you, you happened. You think you know, but maybe Yeah, exactly, you know. yeah. But I'm waiting for that what, issue where, like, the stork brings the baby to her. <laughs> the, the spider maybe, stork maybe, or maybe, maybe it's that guy in the red suit and he's the stork. No, that must be it, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I kind of feel like I, I was telling you guys this earlier, but, like, if, if you don't know, like... When when Bendis was like pitching like his Alias series, he wanted the the main star of it to be Jessica Drew, like the original Spider Woman. But I guess they vetoed that, and so he created this character Jessica Jones to basically like you know be she's, this like private a, eye and she's stuff. A pastiche of Jessica Drew, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but then like you know, I guess eventually they they kind of you know eased up or said okay you can use jessica drew so he just kind of like you know did whatever he wanted with her he made her a avenger and i like i don't know like i don't know anyone who's a huge fan of like jessica drew like i've never been a huge fan of her like i never thought she was a very interesting character um and i i don't know i've never been glad to see her basically and I almost feel like what I was getting at earlier is like, I almost like, oh, she's pregnant now. And like Bendis had that whole like 
storyline where Jessica Jones was pregnant for a long time. So I feel like they're finally doing like Bendis's initial like intended storyline with Jessica Drew, what what he eventually did with Jessica Jones. So like I I don't know, it's weird to me where I, it seems like almost retread but not retread in a weird way. Like, I don't know. Do you get what I'm getting at? Yes. But, no, I understand. Yeah. Cause you, you, but, you had a, you had to create a pastiche to do all these, uh, less than savory things with a Marvel character. And now we're at a current point in time where the powers that be don't really care. And basically it's anything goes like, it doesn't really matter what's unsavory or not. And now you've got a character that is basically, it's like Spider-Woman meets Juno. Let's read this comic book. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) You know, it's like, she's got a baby. You don't know who the father is. And she's still kicking ass, even though Mockingbird's like, don't kick ass. But you do kick ass. And it's just like, okay. You know, I mean, that's, that's basically what I got out of the preview. It's like, she's pregnant. Everybody wants to help her. Normally she couldn't stand that type of stuff, but since she's pregnant, she lets everybody do it. And then she tracks down a bunch of quote unquote Z list bad guys, you know, takes them all out. And then even Mockingbird's like, what are you doing? You're pregnant. Like, what are you nuts? And like, honestly, like, even if you are a badass, like, trained shield agent and you've got spider powers i'm kind of like what why would you put your unborn child at risk i mean all it would take i mean you know they go through all this stuff about registration acts and civil war and all this like you know head trippy like you know super super serious stuff but then when it comes down to like you know somebody who is pregnant like I I don't know. It's just, you know, I get it. It's like supposed to be like empowering and you're supposed to like just kind of write it off and everything. But I mean, all it takes is one stray, you know, unicorn blast. And then, you know, then, then, then you're going to be crying about it, you know, and people are going to be like, damn you, such and such writer for murdering Leon or whoever, you know, and and it's going (laughs) to be like, whatever. Yeah. Well, I will say that like they gave, they finally gave her a new costume and I, I feel like it's, like almost just as ugly as her other costume. So I don't know. Like like I said, I've never and been I've a fan. And I've just bought a Marvel Legend of the old. <laughs> yeah, costume. outdated. Yeah, you. There's a Marvel Legend of the outdated costume. Yep, yeah, two of them, in fact. But yeah. they they made an apology of an it, apology but... of the other one, which I don't. I don't, yeah. even, I don't even know if I like either of them that much. But whatever. Yeah, I don't know. In my my final word on Jessica Drew Spider Woman is I've never liked the character and. Nothing I've seen of this new series, like you know, makes me want to change that stance. So I don't know, Justin. Do you have any thoughts on her? Or... I hate her. <laughs> okay, hate then. Her so very, much. very succinct. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. I'm. I'm very happy with that response. Yes. So yes, we all hate I the spider. Hate you. I hate you. You may sucker me with Spider Gwen and Silk, but you'll never sucker me with Spider Woman, Jessica Drew. All right then. So I guess we'll move on <laughs> with that. With that, with that statement, I guess we'll move on. Um, let's talk about uh, another Spider-Man supporting cast. Uh, my, my, we went from uh, Justin's avatar. Let's go to my avatar. Uh, Flash Thompson, like Venom, Space Knight. This has got like four issues out so far, and. 
if you don't know, like Venom has been a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy for the past like couple years. And, you know, if, if that kind of boggles your mind, you know, it's the symbiote's an alien. So that's where that connection comes from. So, you know, people were like, duh, like, why? Like, you know, Flash must have been like, duh, I'm with an alien. So let's go to space. Like, oh, that makes <laughs> sense. You know, duh. Like, I, I thought that that like I, I see the logic there. OK, but the other lot, like the other part of me is kind of like, yeah, but he's it's Venom and it's Flash Thompson. And like, yeah, I don't know, like that shouldn't they like hang around on Earth? But I don't know, like speaking to this series, like, oh, well, I guess I should explain one other thing towards the end of like Bendis's like last Guardians volume. Basically, he did his like totally original Planet of the Symbiote storyline <laughs> that has never happened before, where they go to the Symbiote's homeworld. They actually gave like the the Symbiote's a, a species like name. They're called like or a race name. They're called the Clintar. And uh, it turns out, like, they were, like, benign beings, basically, and they were eventually, like, corrupted by such and such. I don't know. I didn't read the story, but I read, like, the background. And, um, uh, like, eventually, like, Flash's, like, Clintar, like, symbiote, like, uh, is, like, purged of its, like, corruption or whatever. So him and, like, Flash, like, perfectly bond, and he manages to, like, I don't know, like, upgrade the Venom symbiote. So, uh... It's kind of like he has a new look. He's he's like a little bulkier than he used to be. Uh, he kind of like uh, I think Derek was joking that like his face kind of looks like Spawn now, basically, because he's I, got kind of. I swear before the screen on Skype was much larger when I just looked at the tiny avatar you had. I was like, dude, I, I, I go all of our avatars aren't updated for tonight. None of us has anything on spider-man i'm like mike's got one with spawn and you know me and justin have stuff from last week and, and then all of a sudden when i went and it got blown up i was like oh oh yeah so. like you better get used to it because it's the next bath figure in the uh next upcoming like spider-man I, 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 yeah I, I i don't i don't have a huge problem with that like yeah no, no I, actually like well, I was going to say the first I read the first issue of this, like when it first came out and like I was not very impressed with it. I don't know, like I, I was getting a little tired of Flash. Like it seems like anyone who writes the character, it's like, you know, well, he used to be a football star. So like, you know, every other sentence he ha he says it has to be like a football reference. And I was kind of like, oh, come on, like get over it, basically, where, you know, Flash is like opening a refrigerator and he takes out like a ham sandwich and he eats it and he's like touchdown like i'm like that has nothing <laughs> to do with the ham sandwich like okay but actually like aside from the very first issue like i eventually i went back and i read the last three issues and like that that is thankfully mostly jettisoned so um and it, it's funny because they kind of like make it like they kind of like go more into like flash gordon-esque territory now that he's like a sort of like space adventurer and stuff flash. and uh oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah so like you know me like i know derek you're like space is cool but i'm kind of like i don't know space is not so cool to me but I actually like the the issues two, three, and four. Like I, I eventually like went on the ride, and I eventually like started to like enjoy myself like reading the book. And um, I think I'm gonna start like reading the book on the regular now because I, I, it, it's just Flash going on like 
like you know crazy adventures and meeting like you know crazy like aliens and stuff and i've always liked the character of flash thompson and i thought it was a great idea to give him the venom symbiote or the clintar i guess as we're gonna have to say from now on i, I but, feel like uh, you have to say that like when you're the alien on the simpsons you're like clintar a clintar yeah i am clintar <laughs> like well it's funny because like in the last issue like, they introduced, like, an element that I thought was a very smart move and something they should have made, like, relatively consistent with Venom, like, for a long time now. But uh, they introduced the element that when Flash is separated from the symbiote, the symbiote can talk like a normal character. But when they're bonded, like, it can't talk anymore. Like, it kind of merges with Flash completely. So, like, I, I like so he has, like, a discussion with the symbiote, basically. And, like, they, they kind of, like, hash some things out and whatever. Which I thought was a good, you know, you could, if, it, if it's going to be, like, another whole being sharing body space with him, you know, it might as well, like, you know have a character so but now now that you've said that like now i'm gonna read those little lines of the symbiote talking and like the voice <laughs> of like kodos or kang from the simpsons or something like flash and like the sim the tentacles are like flailing or something like flash yes bring me to president clinton yeah <laughs> like, i don't know like i i i've been enjoying like i said I, i've do enjoyed you know, do you know enough to, like, I don't know that I know enough, but do you know enough to know if the moniker of Space Knight, like, do do they use things like dire wraiths or incorporate stuff from the old Marvel ROM series at all in that book? Or is it just sort of like a stamp, like an in-name only Space Knight? I don't think so. Like, I, like, I'm not very familiar with that, but yeah, I don't, as far as I know, they haven't done anything like super overt like that like, like who does who does he who does he fight like who are the main bad guys or, or they, are there different groups of bad guys he hasn't really fought anyone like established yet like it's all been like new like gloop gloop oh, aliens okay. or whatever okay. Yeah, okay. so like I, I i'm like maybe i'm wrong maybe they they have been i'm not too familiar with this corner of the marvel universe but like, yeah, they just call him, like, an agent of the cosmos, and, like, I guess, like, you know, all the symbiotes or clintars are supposed to be, like, law enforcement, like, agents or whatever, so, like, he, he hears, like, he gets, like, messages from the symbiote, like, you know, so-and-so is starting shit in such-and-such -such sector, and, like, Flash is like, all right, let's go over there and stop it, or okay. whatever, so, okay. but, um, no, it, it's funny, because, like, I... Like, he, he he landed on this planet with, like, uh, these weird, like, Amazon Medusa women, kind of, right? So, the, and, like, he helped them, like, fight some, like, I, I forgot, there was something that was enslaving them, and he helped them fight. And, uh, like, he was, like, they were, like, what, one of the women, the woman he teamed up with, he was, like, what is your name, like, man? Like, because I guess they're all, like, Amazon, so they don't like men or whatever. And he's, like, oh, I'm Flash Thompson. And she's, like, Flash Thompson? Like, I don't know. She kept calling him that, and that was making me laugh, so. Flash um, Thompson. Yeah, so, but, I don't know. There was a bunch of funny things. Like, he fights this giant alien in, like, this arena, and the alien looks exactly like a giant panda bear. So he kept calling it like sad panda. And like, like the panda was like, I am not sad. Like I am filled with rage, but like the panda always like looks sad. So I don't know. It was, it was making me laugh, but, 
um i I, my basic takeaway is that like i i I went the from the first issue i was not impressed but the last like three issues i was i was like okay well i think i'm gonna be reading this book now so i guess that's a the high stamp of approval and like i I definitely i liked like i said i liked the element of the symbiote being an actual character now and like um, he also has like this robot that like runs his ship and stuff, and the robot basically has a death wish. So it's like you know, like the robot like sends him off when he goes onto the planet, and it's kind of like you know, like if you do not return, sir, may I drive this ship into the sun? And like Flash is like, sure, buddy. Like, and then he comes back, and he's like, oh, I see you have survived. Oh well, you know, and like I guess like the the robot wants to die or something, but it's also weirdly dedicated to helping flash so i I don't know like there's a there's a bunch of weird quirky stuff like that that i i thought was very funny so yeah that's that's my thoughts on venom space knight i don't know justin have you read any of it or yeah i read the first like two or three issues i i wanted to like it but i wasn't crazy about it like i don't i don't know i guess it's the lack of established villains like i'd rather see him fighting you know someone i know instead of like Bizarre, bizarre aliens or whatnot. Yeah, like that—that's the only thing. It's like a, he's kind of disconnected from any other Marvel characters at the moment, and you know, I, I do kind of wish he was back on Earth, basically. But uh, all in all, I'm—I was pleasantly surprised, like by the by the last few issues, at least. So, um, I do really like the art. It's um, by Ariel Olivetti, and you know, that's the same artist who did that. Um, namor series a few years ago that i really liked that sadly only i lasted like 10 or 12 issues but like you know i'm not so crazy about the the writing but like the art was like really gorgeous so i like that at least yeah definitely like i don't sometimes like his art is kind of weird like it i think like i feel like the the backgrounds aren't like meshed like so well with the characters sometimes like it looks like the characters are kind of like floating on the backgrounds like they're stickers or something yeah but yeah otherwise i kind of like it so i hope your life force isn't as useless as your life (laughs) no why isn't it working carnage your body can hold no more life force come back so that you can be drained i'll catch you later for dessert okay well yeah i guess we'll just like move on from venom space night and we'll, let's talk extremely briefly because i don't think like any of us have read this but there there is also a carnage ongoing currently ongoing uh it's written by classic spider-man writer jerry conway I've not read any of it. I've just read like some vague impressions and like summaries of it. I guess whereas Venom is like taking a like a science fiction bent, like Carnage is taking like a supernatural bent cuz I guess the whole concept of the series is this task force which is put together which includes John Jameson, like a J Jonah Jameson's son and uh, Eddie Brock who is currently Toxin. Uh, forming like a task force to hunt down and like kill Carnage basically. And I guess they, they track down Carnage and um, Carnage like merges with, uh, uh, I guess it's like the Darkhold, which is like the magic, like I forget Derek, what is the Darkhold? It's like some magic source in the Marvel universe. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's like the, you know, like, like the, the Necronomicon of the Marvel universe, basically it's like yeah, got so, all these, untapped magical secrets like i think 
if I'm remembering right, like Doctor Strange used it to like wipe out all vampires at one point, and it was heavily featured in like the the Midnight Suns crossover. There was actually there was a fucking comic book about the Darkhold, and it was oh I remember you saying terrible. Yeah, I remember you saying how how much that comic. Sucked. I mean, I mean, it, the, the the art on it is freaking was drawn by a, I apologize to whoever it is but the art in it was drawn by a fucking two year old I mean it was fucking <laughs> god awful like so it was like one of those things where it's like if you weren't like super hypnotized and into Ghost Rider there's no way you would have bought that comic book on its own but because it was part of like a 14 part mega opus piece of crap like then you're like oh I'll buy Darkhold 1 and 2 it'll be awesome and you're like no <laughs> no it won't so, yeah. So I, I guess like Carnage is like drawing his power from that now. So he's like a mystical symbiote, Clinton Tar or whatever. <laughs> whatever. So, so now, now it, it all comes back to the Fox Kid Spider Man, basically. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> absorbing people's souls. Yeah, now he's draining their energy. I don't know, but like like I said, I haven't read the series, so like I can't really speak so so much on it. But I guess like you know. John, because it's like magic based, like John Jameson can like turn back into the man wolf or whatever, and you know you got Eddie Brock like toxin running around and stuff. So uh, I'm not like I, I was kind of like that sounds kind of like I'd, something I'd like to just check to see like what those characters are doing currently. But you know it's Carnage, so I was kind of like ah, I don't know. Even if it's Jerry Conway, like I'm not that interested in reading that. But I don't. Justin, have you read it or heard anything about it? Nope, haven't read it, haven't heard anything about it. Don't plan on reading it? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think I will either, but the, the the thing that interested me from the outset was that, like, it was Jerry Conway, basically, and I was kind of like, oh, that's a... Yeah, I mean, that's... that's it's an odd, it's an odd sh- like, book for him to write, but, like, you know, I wouldn't... I If I read it, it would be to, you know, read his writing, basically, again. But, uh, yeah, so I guess that's all we're going to say about Carnage. Um, I guess we'll talk very, uh, let's talk very briefly, because we already talked about it in the Deadpool show, but Derek mentioned it earlier. There's also Spider-Man Deadpool, which is Joe Kelly and, you know, uh, what's his face, uh, Ed McGinnis. And, uh, you know, I've, we had nice things to say about it in the Deadpool podcast, and uh, I don't know if there's anything else we can add, but, you know, it's... It's Joe Kelly writing his, you know, probably one of his signature characters in Deadpool. And, uh, you know, it's it's pretty funny and it's pretty uh, it's a solid book so far. And I, I enjoy reading it. And I don't know what else we can add to what we already said about it. I don't know. Derek, do you have anything to say about it? My, Miles shows up. Yeah, that's right. You said, yeah, you know, he yeah, and I Deadpool mean, kind of made fun of him. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, so far so good as far as I can tell. I mean, I, I think it's still got a couple issues before it wraps up. But, I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, they, they try to, I, I think they, they're they really trying to play it hard with, like, uh, the whole 48 hours vibe, you know, like that, like, you know, basically it's got, I don't know if like Spider-Man's Nick Nolte and Deadpool is Eddie Murphy or the other way around, but like basically that, you know, they, they obviously clash in certain regards and, you know, as the series progresses, you know, they, they get to see different sides of one another. But I mean, at this point, Deadpool hasn't really gotten to see that other side. All he knows is like Spider-Man's awesome and he's hell bent on killing Peter Parker, you know, so he's not quite all there yet. Whereas, you know, I think Spider-Man was kind of like, 
God, this Deadpool guy is just getting on my last fucking nerve. And, you know, I think with like the last issue, he gets introduced to Deadpool's current daughter in the comics. And like he sees kind of like the, uh, I guess, what we were calling like Deadpool's, you know, heart and soul and stuff like that. And so you're like, oh, okay. He, He sort of picks up on the idea that, you know, maybe what he observed in him was only on the surface level. And, you know, maybe he hasn't been giving him, you know, the exact full consideration and everything. And so, like, I think that's an interesting way to go about doing a, a crossover, you know, like they're not only like, you know, fighting with each other and then coming to an understanding and then teaming up. It's I I think the coming to an understanding part has been elongated a bit because it's, it's done by a a competent and qualified writer. So you get to sort of see that, that process and it just doesn't come out of nowhere. It's not like fight, fight, fight. Oh wait, we're not supposed to fight. Let's team up. You know, it's like in between (laughs) that part where they come to an understanding, it's not, I I don't think it's as glossed over and and sped over so heavily. And I I think that's a a positive aspect of the series to this point so far. Yeah, definitely. Justin, do you have any thoughts on Spider-Man Deadpool or? Nope. haven't read it. Like I'm not a, I'm not crazy about Deadpool. Like he's not in Spider-Woman territory. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just not crazy about the character. Well, that's cool. No problemo. Picture the possibilities. I'm talking about parallel worlds with Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Oh, more than one Spider-Man? He's the last guy I want to see. Count me out. There's also Web Warriors, which is um like sort of a a spin what's spun out of both like Secret Wars and Spider-Verse. It's basically, you know, the the some of the survivors of Spider-Verse go and team up and, you know, some of the characters we've talked about who have individual books like Spider-Gwen and Silk and, you know, uh, whoever else like team up and go on adventures like in different dimensions and stuff i guess this this first story arc i actually read like the last three issues of it and uh the this first story arc is is called like electroverse where it's like they're pitted against like electros from like all different universes and stuff and uh we we i think we talked a little about it but it's the the series is written by mike costa who we've sort of lambasted in terms of like transformers writing and but like i think we all like kind of said like his marvel writing is like functional basically it's like nothing special but it's it's not terrible i'm um, i'm curious for the all the various electros is it like green and yellow with blues or like how does that work I was, like, I was honestly, like, I looked at some of the, like, group fight scenes or scenes where they showed a lot of Electros, and I, I like, I was looking for, like, Electros I, I would recognize, but it just looked like a bunch of made-up Electro designs, basically. Okay. Like, like I, I was like, oh, is, like, you know, movie Electro there? Is, like, spectacular Spider-Man Electro there? Is, like, you know, any cartoon, like, Electros? But MTV it didn't, Electro. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't really look like it. It looked like, maybe there are, and I just didn't see it, but it looked like it was just a bunch of like weird like you know made up guys basically like you know there's like velociraptor electro and like weird like monkey electro and like you know overweight electro and like you know bulimic electro i don't uh, know yes bulimic but, electro from that now classic spider-man story yeah basically like i, I don't know you've got it's uh it's like british spider uk uh um spider gwen Mayday, uh, Spider Girl, um, uh, Uncle Ben, Spider Man, uh, Spider Ham, 
and uh, Spider-Man Noir, I think, are like the as as of now, like the main characters in the the series. And like, I guess they're they're dispatched by like Karn, like who is the the Great Weaver or whatever on Loom World, like to handle like you know interdimensional threats or whatever. And uh, you know, it's a cool concept. But I think I said I, I was talking to Justin about it, and I think I kind of said like. I'll be more interested when like maybe like Ben Riley or Kane shows up in it or something like in I, I like the the last the the Electro story like ended with them having to abandon like Spider UK and Mayday like on another world and so they have to like pull in some like backup from other like Spider worlds so I'm hoping someone that like I like will show up and like you know save Mayday or whatever but um like i don't know have either of you checked this series out at all or yeah i i've read this the um the electro arc i I like it you know like i said i for the most part enjoyed spider-verse just because i like seeing you know weird and wacky versions of spider-man like team up and this is kind of this this is basically you know an ongoing series of that and it's still totally wacky you know like you said you've got all these like really weird and uh, obscure like electro incarnations um but you know I, I like the ongoing you know like i i like uk spider-man and i'm always happy to see spider ham like in there and like being kind of like you know snarky and maybe people don't take him seriously because he's a pig like i, I like stuff like that yeah that's cool like i said like mike costa's writing is like I don't know, it's functional to me, basically. Like, there there was, there wasn't a lot that, like, made me, like, you know, go, oh, wow, that's kind of cool, but there, it wasn't, there wasn't anything that made me go, like, ugh, that's awful, like, basically. But, um, yeah, so, I, I, I'll be interested if, yeah, like, they bring back Kane in this book or something, because, you know, we saw at the end of Spider-Verse he was still alive, or, you know, they bring back, you know, Ben Riley or something like that. So that's that's pretty much when I'll tune in. I've tried talking to him, but he's got no time for Miguel O'Hara. People make time for Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, and you've reminded me, Justin. Yeah, the one book I forgot was, like, Spidey 2099. And, uh, you know, The Adventures of Miguel O'Hara, who is uh, still, like, after, you know, uh, Superior Spider-Man, he is still kind of stuck in in current day. And uh, I think I, I think he has been back to 2099, but he's just kind of like, you know, chilling in current day. I've only read the first couple issues of this, but, you know, it, it started on like or a first the first couple issues of his like post, you know, Secret Wars series. And it started on a like pretty uh, interesting bent. And uh, I also like that um, like Mac Gargan, like the former Scorpion, former Venom is sort of a supporting character in that book because he's always been a personal favorite, like Spider-Man villain of mine. So like, I thought that was interesting, but I mean, do you have anything to say about this book, Justin? Um, I've not really been feeling it so much since it came back post secret wars, like the new costume. Like, I don't know. Like I keep going back and forth. It, Sometimes it looks really nice, and sometimes it just looks horrible. I think it's just, like, the angle or who's drawing it. But, like, the costume is still, like, I don't know. It's going to take some getting used to if that's what they're going to go with for, like, the next couple years or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The, the the original, like, 2099 costume is, like, fairly, like, iconic almost. And 
I don't know, it, it's already a takeoff on a classic, like, theme, so when you, like, take off on the takeoff, like, it's kind of, it gets a little, like, yeah, watered down and harder to accept, basically, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wasn't feeling like the new costume either. So, so, so are you guys telling me that I just bought a Marvel Legend and they updated <laughs> his fucking costume? <laughs> God damn it! That's that's what we're telling you. Unfortunately, yes. But... Motherfucker. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like like I love Peter David, so like I always want to give what he writes a chance, but like I've never been a huge fan of Miguel O'Hara, so like I guess this is the point where we should have had like the the point like that Tony would have been good to have on cuz like uh you know, he yeah, he, he likes he, Spidey he enjoys, 2099, he enjoys but Miguel O'Hara a lot, yeah. I know. I read the original 2099 book and I did read the one that was pre-Secret Wars, you know, up until we talked about Spider-Verse. And I, I can say that I did enjoy that. In fact, I enjoyed the actual book a lot so that by the time it got up to Secret Wars, you felt like that or uh, Secret Wars or, or Spider-Verse or whatever. Like by the time you got up to all those crossovers, you felt like it was interfering with the the regular story that Peter David wanted to tell. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I thought that was yeah. more compelling and interesting reading than than the the crossover he had to shoehorn Miguel O'Hara into, you know. And that's all I really, you know, can offer as far yeah, as Yeah, that, that that always sucks, yeah. I think that's about it. Did I forget anything? Did I like run the entire gamut of Spider Man related titles? I, I feels like you did. Yeah, I mean I don't even think, like, Justin, have you been reading, like, all, oh, no, what is it, uh, Uncanny Avengers? Like, is Spider-Man still a member of that team, or? Um, I don't know, like, I quit reading that book, like, it was hurting my head. Yeah, like, I I know, yeah, he he ran, I think he, like, quit, like, in the very first issue, where he was like, I don't like Deadpool, like, I'm quitting, (laughs) old man Steve Rogers, and you can't stop me, and Steve Rogers is, like, shaking his cane at him, or something, like, get back here, yeah! Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We don't have to talk about that. But like, I was trying to think of what other teams Spider-Man might be. He's on a shockingly few amount of teams at the moment. I'll start my own adventures team with the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So I guess I mean I guess that's our that's it. Like for for our our look at the current status of like Spider-Man in comics. Um, like by the time of this recording either like civil war the movie is going to be out or like already has been out so you know we'll get a new on-screen spider-man so um i figure you know a whole like you know that we'll either get either a new title or something some big status change for him like i know like civil war 2 is coming out soon so who knows like what what's gonna like I, i'm sure that'll like start him on the road towards losing his company or something and getting him back to basics eventually because by now we all know how comics work so they're very cyclical but uh yeah so i i don't i don't think we were too like negative or like i mean we had like a we had some nice things to say about uh you know certain books and certain characters so i consider that a win for the fan holes so 
why don't why don't we move on to like awesome things of the week and uh like i'll start with derek since he hasn't had a lot to say like uh, like uh recently so derek what's your awesome thing of the week well i guess i guess i have to say where where i've been this whole time and i was at the the Silicon Valley Comic Con, which is basically just the big wow Comic Con from San Jose rebranded, but uh, they really, really oversold the venue. So there were like tons and tons and tons of people there. And it was a little, I, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, there, it, it was tough to like even just walk down the aisle to look at like vendors or, you know, people that were there to sign autographs and stuff like that, because they just, they sold so many damn tickets to so many people. But, uh, you know, the, the the positive thing to report, the uh, awesome thing to report is, I did come home with some Bob Layton autographs, I came home with uh, William Shatner's autograph, I took mm. some photos with, uh, with William Shatner <laughs> and Stan Lee, and... Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm pretty much. Oh, and I got Ray Parks autograph from uh, uh, Darth Maul photo or whatever. So like, I mean that 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 kind of stuff was fun, um, but I, I, it's making me question. Like, I I had gone to Big Wow the last two years in a row, and it was very much a comic book centric type of show where you could get a lot of you know, prints and get things signed by a lot of well-known comic artists and things like that. And this time around, that was really light. So I think if it's if it's similar next year, I may consider not not going to it. But um, as far as, you know, it it was kind of a hair raising experience. I mean, like you basically I I guess I might as well just go into it. I mean, yes, it's an awesome thing, but I'm also going to fucking complain about it, too, because it was kind of crazy too but like basically like you 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 got a ticket online right but then you had to go there and because i got the ticket like a couple days before because i wasn't sure if i was gonna really really make the plunge and go or not i guess what was supposed to happen was you're supposed to get a wristband and most people got their wristbands mailed to them but since i did it the day before I, you have to come and pick up the wristband, but because you have to pick up the wristband, the little code you're supposed to enter to go into your wristband for, like, photos and all this other crap, that doesn't work. So, and I didn't really understand that at first, and they just said, oh, just come down and register and this and that, and so I come down, I register, so you get on one line to go in and get your little wristband, and then you have to go upstairs and wait in another line to get through the front door, and then once you get through the front door, you have to wait on another line to get into the floor, and then when you get into the floor, then you have to wait on another line to redeem your fucking, uh, uh, autographs and then once you do that you have to wait in the line to get the fucking autograph and then once you do that you have to wait in the line to get the other autograph and then once you do that you have to wait in the line for the photo op and the line for the photo op is like <laughs> a fucking nightmare because it was like supposed to be a southwest airline boarding thing where it's like excuse me for flight stan lee we need all the children women and vip people to come to the front for boarding and then of course all these poor people have to wade through this army this sea of fucking people that are all grumpy because they're up in the front but they're you know like me you know in in like you know southwest boarding party you know z where you're way in the fucking back and whatever and so and the other part of the problem was they booked it's like there were only two photo booths and 
they're trying to do the previous people that are there, like, say, Leah Thompson and all these Back to the Future people, and then Jeremy Renner. And it's like they hadn't finished doing those people, but meanwhile, all the people for Stan Lee and William Shatner are starting to show up. And, of course, Shatner and Stan Lee are booked right at the same time. So I try to go in and get into the Stan Lee line thinking, well, Stan Lee's supposed to be first, supposedly, according to the schedule. And finally, they start like communicating to people like, oh, okay, if you're in this group, line up here. If you're in this group, line up here. And so I'm kind of like, Where? I don't see any fucking line. And, you know, they sort of have to, like show you where to go and everything and finally you're like okay i guess i'm in a line and i'm sitting there waiting and i'm probably the in the fourth line of like seven lines you know like it's just piling up for stan lee right and then i notice oh now william shatner's starting to let people in to sign but the stan lee line has not moved an inch like it's been an hour and we haven't even moved an inch and so it's like well what the fuck's going on, you know? And I'm just kind of like, well, you know what? I might miss the William Shatner thing, you know? Like, if, I, if I'm if i stuck in the Stan Lee line. And finally, I just give up because I see, like, people are go actually going inside for the William Shatner thing. And I say, you know what? I'll just lose my place in line for the Stan Lee thing. And I can clearly see the line for William Shatner's moving. If I hadn't have done that, I probably would have missed the William Shatner photo. But since I did do it and I jumped under the railing and, and walked away from crying babies and all this other crap that was going on in the Stan Lee line, I was like, OK, cool. So, you know, I got into the line, took the photo. And then speaking of lines, you wait in line for William Shatner to take the photo. You take the photo. Then you have to wait in line to get the fucking photo. Then you have to fucking wait to have somebody scan you out and then it's like, oh, do you want the the JPEG of the photo? Go stand in this fucking line. And I'm like, fuck this. I don't <laughs> have time for this shit. I got to get in the line for fucking Stan Lee. So I go around, go to the back. And now instead of being like in the fourth line, I'm in like the seventh fucking line. And, you know, eventually I was just like, look, I'm just going to have to wait this out or whatever. But at least there it was a little less hair raising because I wasn't like concerned of like, oh, I, I've got two different you know, photo ops that were basically scheduled at the same time, you know? And so at this point, I'm like, well, I can just wait and see what happens. And, you know, eventually, like, after waiting there, it was almost like 5 o'clock, and then by that point, it was like they finally started, you know, letting that that other group in, except for the people that were supposedly there for him at 5.30, which I felt bad because there was this lady behind me that was talking to me the whole time, and, you know, we were just shooting the shit to waste time and she was in the 530 group and then they started saying oh well don't let anybody in from the 530 group and it's just like what the fuck she's been waiting here all day just like everybody else like i don't know anyway i i, I thought that was kind of messed up but i mean as far as and i just felt like bitching about it and since we're on the air i might as well do it but i mean i i got through and i got the autographs and everything and i'll probably have some photos and some pictures of some things on facebook and you know bob layton was a really nice guy and he seemed to be uh you know uh kind of uh enthused by the fact that i had an old uh armor wars promo poster for him to sign and he was talking about how you know he's like oh i found like a stack of these things one time and i was selling them for 50 bucks a pop he's like where'd you get this and i was just like oh you know it took me a while to find it but you know i i came across one too and so he signed that for me and i i got a little print with the uh silver centurion that he did because you know that's my favorite armor and you know so i mean th those things kind of worked out but i mean essentially i spent a lot of time waiting in lines pretty much so there you go 
uh cool yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's like yeah i'm glad you got the autographs and the prints and stuff yeah, but yeah, yeah that does that does sound kind of infuriating though yeah I, uh, I it just doesn't seem like it was it was well planned you know the the way they had sort of set it up yeah well i'm glad that you, i'm glad you didn't walk away with nothing basically yeah like yeah, yeah. Got, you've I'm, got I'm what glad, you set out to got, do yeah i'm glad i got what i came for basically. what was what was the line for ray park like you know what was weird was Shatner was like a consummate professional. Like he didn't, he, you know, he didn't take his sweet ass time with each person. And it felt like his staff, like, I mean, obviously he must have been doing this for years and years and years. So he had it all worked out. Like even his handlers were like, you want it personalized? Here's a post-it. You know, write out your name and all this other stuff. So it was like when you got up to Shatner, he was like, Oh, to Derek, he knew exactly how to spell my name. There wasn't any of this, you know, like normally at like smaller cons, it's like, how do you spell your name? What, you know, what do I do? What do I make this out to? Blah, 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 blah. You know, like what photo do I want? I don't know. Gee whiz. I want this one. I want that one. Like they seem to work all that out before you even got in front of Shatner. Do you know what I mean? So it's like by the time you were there, he was like, hello, nice to meet you. You know, here's your autograph. And then you were like on your way. Whereas I think with Ray Park, he was super nice and the line was long, but it wasn't the fact that the line was long. It's the fact that the, like the Shatner line, he was like, bam, bam, bam. By the time <laughs> it's like he, he showed up at 1045, like they said he would. And everybody that was waiting in that line was like done by like 1130. And then it's like, but for the Ray Park one, it's like, oh, I showed up in the line right after I finished with Shatner at 11.30, and it's like, I wasn't out of there until like, you know, I don't know, 1 or 12 or, you know, whatever it was. It, because and, and it's because he was being nice and personable and kind of like having like, you know, 10-minute conversations with people. But it's like, that makes the line go like, you know, forever. So you were just kind of yeah. like, it, it's like, it's like, a, you know, a catch-22. I mean, it, obviously, he was nice to people when they came up. He seemed like a friendly guy and was really cool. His line, of course, was pretty long as well. It, it's funny, like, his line compared to Peter Mayhew's line was, like, ginormous, you know, like, whereas, like, you know, Peter Mayhew didn't seem to have too many people it's like they had all this space allotted for him, but there wasn't a whole lot of people in the <laughs> line. So, but anyway, oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad. Like I said, I'm glad you got that. You actually got what you wanted, yeah, basically. Yeah. So, um, Justin, what was what is your awesome thing of the week? As usual, I have two things. The first thing is I've got the SH Figure Arts Kamen Rider Gaim action figure and. Woo! Yeah, it, it is awesome. Like it, I'm like I'm really very happy with it. Like it, um, you know, I've been buying fig arts for several years now, and I'm always pleased with them. But I think I'm like the most pleased with this one because it looks so it's, much like Guy. It's a really great figure. Yeah, I mean, it really is. But like, like most fig arts, like when I open it, I have to be like so careful because I'm so afraid I'm gonna like nudge the little runner and i'm gonna lose like the little lock seat or something and i'm never gonna find it again yeah so, yeah yeah so like but like you know but you know it's it's a great figure like i've been like putting him in different poses with my other common riders and like it's it's awesome um, I, I don't know if we talked about this on air or not but it's like that bane of my existence I, i've done this with a couple things where those tomashi type figures like i end up 
hitting the tray by accident and like all the fucking pieces go flying all over the fucking <laughs> yeah place. and yep. like I, I did that with like an ultraman one in the garage and i'm like oh my god i'm never gonna find all of this shit you know it's like hands and little beepers and swap out parts and effects. He's like, Ultraman's masturbating hand. No! Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what am I going to do now, you know? The other thing is, I've been playing this game for the 360. It's Alien Isolation. Like, have have either of you played it? I've never played it. I've heard of it. Yeah. Like, it is so good. Um, Like, I just want to, like, sit here and gush about this game. Like, what it reminds me of, it reminds me of, like, when I was like a teenager and I was playing Resident Evil for the first time on PlayStation, like I don't think I've experienced like that feeling of being I, I don't know, I guess like scared and anxious, like every time you walk around a corner because you don't know what's gonna be there. Like this is not a action filled shoot 'em up, like run and hide, duck and cover, like kill the alien game. This is a game where like it's very heavily inspired by the first film, Alien, where you are, you know, you're not the hunter, you are the prey, like, you, you're in a space station, and there is one alien in there, and you are helpless against this alien, you have, like, this, um, like, a jack or something that you can use to, like, hit things, and you have a revolver, and, like I said, Resident Evil style, like, health and ammo is very sparing, and they, like, did so much, like, you can tell, like, this has been a labor of love for, like, the people who made it because, like, it feels like the first film. Like, when you go into a room, you're like, oh, man, it's, like, it totally feels like, you know, that lo-fi, like, 70s version of the future kind of thing where you have, like, you know, now, of course, looking, it looks dated, like, computer readout screens and all this stuff, but it looks so good. But it, it unless you play it, it's hard to convey because, like, when you see the alien, you're, like, running around, you're like, okay, I, I gotta get this key card, I gotta, like, open this door, I gotta, like, do this thing on the computer, and you hear something, like, there's so much, like, ambience and, like, noise and background information, you're always like, whoa, what was that? And you have to, like, get your scanner out and be like, oh, it was nothing. And then it's like, when you hear something, and, like, you look around, and you see the alien, like, slowly, like, stalking through the corridor, you have to, like, run and hide somewhere, because if you don't, he will see you and kill you. And... Also, like, another Resident Evil thing is you can't save at any time. You have to get to a save point, and the save, it takes it a while to save, and you're also like, come on, come on, come on, hurry up, hurry up, save, save, save before I kill. <laughs> but, like, it, the game is filled with so much, like, tension and making you anxious, and, like, I was in this room, and, I like, you had, like, the little scanner thing, like, in the movie where you can see, see like, the blip on the radar, and I saw, like, he was coming towards me, so, like, I ran and hide in this little locker. And he came into the room, and when you're hiding in the locker, you can, like, see out through the little, you know, slits in it. And, like, he was walking by, and he was, like, slowly, like, moving his head. And then he looked around, and then he left. And, like, I put my scanner on, I was like, okay, he's moving away. So I got out, and then, like, my scanner beeped and looked at it, like, he was coming back. So I had to go back into the thing and hide again. Like, he did that three times, I was like, man, like, I've never, like, been so nervous, like, playing a game before. I was just like, please let this alien get out of here. Like, I need to, like, you know, get out of here and, like, activate the computer and go to the tram and, like, do all this other stuff. Like, you know, basically, like, if you're a huge fan of the first film, Alien, or if you want to play a 
real survival horror film, or bleh, if you want to play like a real survival horror game, like the first few Resident Evil games, like if you're a fan of that, like I totally recommend this game. Like it's awesome. Sweet. Yeah, that does sound cool. Like I, I don't know. I, I think I get too ner- like much too nervous playing games like that. Like I used to with Resident Evil. Even like I used to be like, oh god, like where, where's the next jump scare? Like oh my god, like. But they don't make you find like an ink ribbon to save, do they? No, it's like there's this thing on the wall. It's like kind of like a telephone, and you have to put like this disc in it. But once you put the disc in, you have to wait like a few seconds for these little lights to light up before you can save. So like it, like I said, it takes a while. You're just like, come on, come on, come on, like hurry. Yeah, that's cool. Not beating the clock. Like if you ever tried to save and then he's like right behind you, sticking his little teeth thing in your back of your head or something. No, that that's not happened yet. But I saw like some gameplay footage before I bought the game where like that happened to someone a few times. (laughs) (laughs) That sucks. Uh, No, no, that's pretty cool though. That sounds awesome. Um, I, I guess I'll go into my favorite thing. Um, uh, Daredevil season two was released on Netflix the other day, and uh, I've watched the first three episodes, and it's pretty awesome. Like so far, like episode three in particular was like friggin' great. Like, and uh, it, you know uh, what's his name? John Bernthal is uh, Frank Castle is a uh, pretty pretty. He seems to be like so far. He seems to be like the standout role, like the Wilson Fisk of this season, like so far. So. Yeah, like I, I can't wait. Like you know, mo- some like some people are crazy and can like w- like watch like the all thirteen episodes in a row or something. But like I, like I don't do that. But like part of me is kind of like you would if you could. Like if you had the time, you would totally <laughs> do that, man. Like, and I, I'm kind of like I kind of like because like you know it's like the first season where every episode ends and you're like I gotta watch the next one now. Like, and yeah, so far it's pretty awesome, but. Yeah, that, I, I'm going to try and space it out over this week, so, like, maybe I'll be done by next Saturday or whatever, but uh, I don't want to, like, overdose on it, but, yeah, it's it's super cool, and I've been looking forward to it, and, uh, yeah, I'm happy it's out, so that's my awesome thing. Yeah, so, you know, th- this has been Fan Holes. Uh, Derek, why don't you go into the usual thing where, like, you know, I, I'm never any good at it, but, you know, where where can you find us should you be so inclined to get a hold of us? If you are so inclined, you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the regular fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can stream us on Stitcher Radio. We are on iTunes, so if you enjoyed this show... Please leave us some positive feedback. We're on all kinds of social media like Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and so forth. So you can also find us there as well. And I think that that's pretty good. All right. Thank you, Derek. And, uh, yeah, so that's Fan Holes. Uh, keep on trucking, I guess. Uh, this is Mike, uh, Cl- President Clintar, signing off. This is uh, Derek, Derek WC. I am a clone of the real Derek, and I fooled you this whole time. Hey, this is Justin, and I've been cured of my goblin-itis. <laughs> they drained your goblin juice over <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so are you are you telling me that he had plane tickets in his back pocket to <laughs> Africa this whole time? Yes he did. Son and he looks like fish. hush now. <laughs>
We just need someone to retcon that Blackheart from Miles Morales's series into like a like oh that wasn't the real Blackheart. Like okay, it's the same Blackheart that grew up with the guy who was Radioactive Man in the original yeah. Pudlin Run or whatever. Yeah, it's like those weird like <laughs> the Russian Radioactive Man or whatever. It's too bad the Watcher is dead, or he could show up and be like, I hereby certify this is not Blackheart. <laughs> This is not the the Watcher. Yeah, if the Watcher was still alive, he'd be like, you know, the real Blackheart wouldn't go down to some chump Venom blast or something. Yeah, so, some chump-ass Venom blast.